Greetings and salutations, and welcome to Flintlocks and Fireballs, where a handful of mad actors will attempt to survive the treacherous waters of Dungeons and Dragons. I am your host and dungeon master, Jason Phelps, and I am joined, as ever, by Robbie Banana Republic Bellicom. Sam. I don't like bananas. Banana Ronald Burns. <laughs> hey. And Ellie have a banana sparrow. I'll have all the bananas and none of you can stop me. Oh. None of you can I, stop me. Yeah, take that. I wouldn't want to. They make me feel really unwell. I missed a trick by not using the banana phone there, but oh well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 46. Um, bit of news from the past. Uh, I'd like to. Uh, we'd like to give a big old thank you to our stowaway uh, Sarah. Yeah, at uh, spicy burritos, spicy underscore burritos, as in Bo from Critical Role. One assumes mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. Twitter. Um, they made us the Discord server in the first place, so mm. you may know them from that. But they sent us fan mail and a care package of dice, and it is the best thing. In the and world. sweets. And Don't sweets. forget the sweets. And yep. sweets. We have some and uh, Scottish foods. Have some lovely tablet yeah. here, which is basically oh, hard it's fudge. Brilliant. It's so good. It's yeah. the best thing. And um, I have spider dice, and Jason has a metal D twenty, and mm-hmm. Robbie has unicorn dice, and Sam has octopus dice, or we'll have octopus dice when we can get them to him because yes. he is far away. Hey. <laughs> of course, you will have all heard of this uh, from a past edition of Future yes. Jason. And speaking of Future Jason, and for once I can actually make this segue make hey, sense. Yay, a segue! <laughs> Yay! It's time where we ask ourselves, future us, what messages from the present? Hey there, and it's Future Jason with messages from the present. Libris Arcana offers monthly or quarterly dice subscriptions. Head over to LibrisArcana.com and for less than 12 US dollars, just under 9 quid, you'll receive a set of 7 premium dice and one randomly selected bonus die every month to sate the will of the die-hungry beast below. This month's set is what happens when you've just had a princely rainfall and the weather is warm and muggy. Purple haze, purple haze. Two weeks more of me doing that. So, for this week's Libris Arcana spot, I thought I'd go back to my roots in theatre. Now, I'm about as much of a fan of William Shakespeare as the next fellow. He wrote some good stuff, he wrote some great stuff, and he wrote some absolute claptrap. But, there are a few great speeches in the corpus, and that is all the excuse I need. So, inspired by Henry V, Scene 3, Act 1, with apologies to the Bard and to our friends at Libris Arcana. Once more unto the mat, dear friends, once more, and draw the dungeon with our dry-raised pens. In peace there's nothing so becomes a sheet as stable numbers and humility, but when initiative calls in our ears, then imitate the action of the tiger. Ready your potions, summon up your spells. Barbarians, remember to call rage. Then lend the eye a deadly gaze attack. Once per round, a bonus action called like the beholder. Petrify or poison, a fear effect to your opponent's mock. To knock their miniatures from off their base, even as the wild and wasteful ocean. Now, prep your buffs and stretch the loopholes wide. Let bards inspire and bend up every spirit with temp hit points. On, 
on, fine adventurers, whose blood is let by monsters and war-forged. Classes that, like so many Alexanders, have in these parts from morn till even fought, and stilled their dice for lack of argument. Dishonor not your clerics. Now attest, you warlocks, that your patrons did endow you. Be copy now to things of low CR, and teach them how to war. And you, good ranger, whose dice were made in Canada, show us the metal of your perspex. Let us swear that they are worth your rolling, which I doubt not. For there are none of these so mean and base that hath not noble luster in its sheen. I see you stand, like bugbears in the slips, straining upon the start. The game's afoot! Initiative checks! And upon your turn, cry crits for Libris Arcana and us! Listen up for a spot from our friends over at the D&D Grandma during the break this episode. I'd like to offer our apologies for a technical hiccup with Robbie's track later on in this episode. We ran into a spot of trouble with very obnoxious wildlife due to an unusual recording environment. And while we did our best to avoid it and cut it out of recording, there are some bird noises that appear later in the episode. Next week, we'll be back to our usual recording quality. Uh, But we have provided what we hope is a sufficiently humorous excuse for their presence. We are back at London MCM Comic-Con this Saturday, 25th of May. We're still not guests or anything, maybe next year, but we do love going to these and we love meeting stowaways. So, if you are heading to the convention on that day, please do tweet us or look for the four deranged shanty singers and we would love to say hello. And that's it for announcements this time. So, back to you, past Jason. Can you hear that ringing? Ring, ring, ring. No, banana banana no, 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 my voice is rough today, guys, did you hear that? Oh, there's a reason we're not recording any songs today, I've been deathly ill lately. Oh, yeah. So if you hear any um, particularly large amounts of husk from Celestia today, you will know why. Also, if you hear any coughing, I'm sorry. We're so sorry. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> Um, okay. And uh, on that low gravelly note, yes. uh, <laughs> very low indeed, darling. Yes, it's time for us to begin Flintlocks and Farballs. Our land stands on the saber's edge, our cities are a powder keg. Brother chains, brother, no one's free. A life on land is short, you'll see. So gather your muskets, gather your spears, we'll plunder the shores of Calcineer. No cracking storm or spell we fear, so come and sail with us, my dear. Previously on Flintlocks and Farballs. The party made their way into the ruined city of Kion. Boarded up, uh, sealed against the outside world by a skeleton force of soldiers on the outside to prevent the rising dead from escaping and wreaking havoc upon the countryside. Handfuls of survivors persist within the city, some of whom you have met. However, 
pursuing both the journals of Michel de Vangelo and a uh, and an object for old mother Scrimshaw as well as perhaps the elusive eye of the storm you found yourselves drawn to the house of the eccentric collector Destin Sucolin, a halfling who upon meetings uh, proved to be somewhat eccentric and a little wild but otherwise genial and then turned into a mad uh, deranged lunatic obsessed with collecting you in his vaults but that mask also slipped away to reveal the persona of the glutton, uh, called by those who disrespect him, the Wolverine, to those uh, officially, who you had previously met. The glutton began interrogating you, engaging in a game of question for question, as you made your way deeper into Destin Sukolin's vaults, the doors sealing themselves after you. You have just now managed to find the last set of combinations to unlock the final door into the last vault. So, I have popped up into the chat for you a very simplistic uh, battle map. Yes, always, as always, uh, in the episode description for you, my dears. Indeed. Now... As you enter, as the last thick steel vault door opens, <laughs> you are greeted to a wider vault than those that have come before. Circular, with broadly a 55 foot diameter. This last vault is extravagant. Well, while the walls are still of hard stone, you can see that some effort has been uh, taken to line them in places with marble panels. The marble panels don't always uh, match up to each other. Rather, you feel that uh, Destin at some point purchased some uh, panels from somewhere else and then uh, had them dragged down here and set in this circular arena to serve as a uh, personal viewing space. It has, it has a domed ceiling going up to 30 feet at its highest point with, again, uh, carefully structured architecture, which uh, actually looks vaguely dwarven in design. You suspect he had some uh, stonemasons in from mm -hmm. the mines to construct this vault. The floor is similarly, at least much of it, is laid out in beautiful mosaics. And there are a few objects of note. In fact, only three specific small objects have been piled here. And not piled, but placed on plinths at the far end of the room. On each stone plinth, there is a single object. The leftmost holds what looks to be a jar with sort of a faintly greenish glass, or perhaps clear glass with a faintly greenish fluid within. Uh, the top and bottom are both made of carefully burnished bronze, 
and you can see something is suspended in the middle of the fluid. The middle of these plinths holds a cushion upon which is a brilliant blue gem with a flaw down the middle like the eye of a hawk. The right, right. <laughs> the rightmost simply has what appears to be a heavy pile of folded silver-scaled skin. Hmm. The what draws your attention the most, however, lit by the golden uh, light from the there is almost a sort of um, circle of mage crystals studded into the ceiling above that cloaks the whole room in golden light. And in the centre, literally piled, is what at, th is what at first glance appeal appears to be a mound or perhaps a pit of gold coins. Oh, wow. Well, like um, Scrooge McDuck style. It is it. literally a Scrooge oh, McDuck style no, money pit. I want to dive into it. Um, <laughs> a moment's inspection reveals that these are not, in fact, gold. These are copper, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, with the golden light shining off to give the effect. But there are obviously there must be about two tons of copper here. Why? <laughs> Why would you want that? Why? Because he obviously wants to pay so for everything in pennies. Presumably, you can only assume because Destin wanted to swim through a pit of coins. I mean, from what we know of him, it sounds <laughs> like actually it could out be. of character. <laughs> yeah, assuming well, assuming yeah. the version of him that uh, the mask that you met was uh, matched up to the character of the halfling before I mean, you discovered his, his skeleton. Man. Come on. But yeah, <laughs> like of uh, more, it, it is worth mentioning that all of the areas on the map marked yellow uh, form the Scrooge McDuck-style money pit. Holy fuck. And that is difficult terrain. Walking, is it? Really? Yeah, what a guess. Walking over the Scrooge McDuck uh, pit, it takes oh. uh, two feet of movement to proceed one foot forward. So a single square will take ten feet of movement to cross. Cool. Good to know. Oh, it's a big room. Mm. Indeed. 55 feet across, you said? Yep, in diameter. What about the other two plinths? So, uh, as I said... You mentioned the far one... The middle one and the other far one. You haven't uh, mentioned the other two. Oh no, there are there are three plinths, not five. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yes, oh, sorry. I will describe what, uh, the the red oh, circles. The plinths are at the back. Yes, the red oh, I'm circles. I'm sorry. I thought the plinths were the red circles. Ignore me. Yep. That's a load uh, of shit. Carry yep. on. The red circles <laughs> are people, uh, and uh, they're a little harder to see right. on the tiny tiny printout yeah. that the printer produced cool. for you. Uh, but they are labelled. In the centre, uh, standing uh, on the uh, pile of, go uh, of golden-lit uh, copper coins, uh, you can see the uh, well-dressed form of the uh, dark-haired, paler-skinned half-elf, the wolverine, or perhaps the glutton. Uh, he is leaning backwards so that he's slightly resting one arm on the plinth behind him for support uh, just like in a in a lounging sort of way uh, but he does have a pistol held loosely in the other hand resting against his leg scattered at a sort of flanking him two on the gold uh, well golden coins two upon uh, the mosaic flooring either side of it are four halflings dressed in thick grey felt uh, cloak, 
uh, not cloaks, but coats, sort of heavy winter coats that mm. you suspect would protect, uh, provide a certain amount of protection from injury. Mm-hmm. And all of which are carrying blunderbusses. Oh, good. Okay. Ah. Uh, similar to the one that Corzin has. As the uh, door swings open, the glutton regards you. Welcome. I believe it was uh, question for question, if you're still willing to proceed along those terms for now. Are we still doing that? I thought it changed when we got into the room. He shrugs a little with one shoulder. Well, I suppose we could uh, proceed in a less structured fashion, but this way you're guaranteed to get responses from me. Yeah, go on then. Uh, You first. I believe we're on your question. Scamp? Um, I don't know. Um, I mean... I have one, if you don't. Yeah, I... What do you think we're here to do? I'm so confused. All right. My assumption upon seeing you was that you were members of Captain Vasilis's crew, that you had tracked me down, and that you were here to assassinate me. Oh. Oh. He opens his mouth to ask another question and stops and tilts his head as if listening to something. All right, my question next. Scamp. Ow. Have you ever been to... You sure? All right. Slavitska's Isle. I can talk to friend without speaking out loud, yes, can't I? Yes, you can I? just think your questions. Yeah. Friend? Yes. Who's he talking to? I think he's talking to you. No, but what, when he's talking, listening. Who's he listening to? Can you hear anything? No. They're keeping them... They're keeping their conversation quiet, the same way that I don't let the others hear when I'm talking to you. Yeah, I thought so, but I thought maybe you'd be able to hear somehow. It feels... It feels familiar. Uh... This definite... mm. Should I lie? I don't think I can get away with lying. I mean... You've, I think at one point you mentioned, this is a good point actually, uh, Scap, uh, have you at any point mentioned the deal out loud that you made with Olga originally, since coming from Slavitska's Isle? Not sure I have. I don't think you have. In I don't which know. Case, in which case friend would say... I don't suppose... I can't really see how it would hurt. Oh. I have a horrible feeling it won't work. All right. I trust you. 
But uh, looking at I will try it. Um, don't know. I try to say. I'm assuming Olga's going to stop that. I think this is an occasion, yeah, where I'm going to use up one of your truths. So uh, roll a charisma saving throw. Charisma saving throw. Oh, oh, that's a natural twenty. You which feel makes a it lots bitterness start to develop around your tongue, and you fight past it and say, "You don't know." Okay, that truth is not uh, that. Uh, that does you are not forced to say the truth. <laughs> well done. He na- that was a really nicely timed natural 20. Yeah. <laughs> the glutton narrows his eyes at that, but but gestures with the gun for you to continue. I don't know a lot of my life, so... And I'm not good with place names or people names or remembering things in general. All right. Your turn. Who keeps talking to you? The one that you're not letting us hear. Fair enough. Good question. That is my... um, Let us say... Companion. I believe uh, she prefers the term... The name Lux... She is keeping an eye on things for me and has some questions which I am willing to ask for her under the circumstances. Scamp. You seem seem to have... uh, Well, I've seen what you can do. Some of it's very impressive. Thank you. You said you uh, came from Scarrell's Cove. Do you yeah. re- do you remember before you uh, left Scarrell's Cove for good, presumably? Do you remember ever being uh, somewhere else? Do you remember arriving at Scarrell's Cove? No. Right. Interesting. But I can't have done much before it. I was small. No, you couldn't, could you? Well, that's creepy. All right. I suppose uh, over to you. Justice to the three of you. Well, five of you, actually. Uh, Clara is sort of awkwardly moved a little bit behind Leah. Yeah. <laughs> who has her sword drawn but not raised. I'll look at Scamp. Um, I can't think of anything else, can you? I mean, I want him to spit it out and say... I mean, why... What about Vasilia? Why would we be from... Why would that be us? What? That's a good question. Why I think thought you were from Vasilis' crew. Yeah, why? I'm not good with names. (laughs) Alright. 
You are confusing, Scamp, because you look a lot like Vasilla, sir. Oh, don't say that. The skin colour is not exactly the same. More of a pink than a purple. But the horns and the odds of finding another tiefling with goat horns are slim. So, I thought you were hers. But you're not, are you? You can't be. Because that's actually impossible. Alright, um, my question. Oh, well now I've got loads of questions. Can't you just speak like a person? This is so exhausting. Ah! <laughs> Alright, fine. As I scroll through my fucking notes. <laughs> two books and an iPad trying to find anything. <laughs> I mean, unless you're going to start yeah. shooting if we don't do this, in which case, by all means, let's continue with this back and forth. Well, all right. I suppose we could get to the uh, meat of the matter. Quite simply put, we've uh, arrived at an interesting sort of impasse here. I came into this expecting you that you were here from the good captain to uh, take care of me for prior insults. Which would be quite understandable, so I lured you into a position where I thought I could. it would help me get the measure of you and perhaps soften you up a bit before an inevitable conflict. Only, it seems I'm presented with a different mystery. Now, unfortunately for you, I am not the only party who has an interest in you. Now, I don't particularly... Uh, care that much about uh, the four of you. Um, it's a little awkward that you found out about some of my secrets, but not ordinarily I'd be in more of a position to negotiate. However, my companion, he glares into the air for a moment, has a vested interest in your permanent... Uh, company scamp she seems to want you and apparently some things you have some uh, little silver skulls seems she can smell them on you I showered really recently like in the <laughs> sea and everything <laughs> he grins a little bit now, this is very confusing to me because I thought you were Val's child. But you can't. You be. said that was impossible. Why, why is, is that why impossible? Is impossible? Because if you. If you were the one I was thinking of originally, you'd know who I am. There's no way you'd be here by accident. And you can't be the other one because that one's dead. I should know. Okay, well, this just got really complicated and weird. Um, is your friend a little silver skull as well? Roll an insight check. Wah! <laughs> <laughs> Twelve. Um, he seems to be controlling his features. 
something like that. Okay. And I wouldn't exactly say friend. Well, that's not very nice. Mm. Oh, I'm not a very nice person. A guest? I would, um... I would very much like you to stay, scamp, and... Why? You're not a very nice person. Well, that's by the by. See, my looks wants you. Now, myself, uh, I have no problem with letting your companions go so long as you're willing to stay. But obviously, uh, I'm happy to take steps. And at this point, you hear a voice from out of the air. Stop messing around, Gull. I know you like to hear yourself talk, but this is actually important. Right. Would that be Lux, then? A pleasure. Hello, Celestia Stardust. Nice to meet you. Well, I think I can speak for everybody in this room when I say that, um... Fuck off. I'm not having scam. <laughs> Over our dead bodies. That's pretty much what I expected. The gull, apparently, the glutton, sort of rolls his eyes and uh, lazily sort of steps up from the plinth takes his uh, pistol and does a little bit of a salute with it. Can we not do some more questions, please? I have so many. I suspect you do. And when I take you captive, I'll be happy to answer them. But unfortunately, it seems someone is being impatient today. Oh, well, I would like to cast Fireball, please. Excellent. Roll initiative. (laughs) Yes. Everyone roll initiative. (laughs) Just fucking burn him. Just kill him. <laughs> oh, I use my spider dice. Oh, not that's good. Me. Thank oh. you, Sarah. Can I get a fireball off before initiative? Oh uh, no, he was ready. Like you know, oh. this is definitely an initiative call. He had raised his pistol call. to do a salute, hadn't he? Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay, so that's a twelve. Okay, so twelve. That is an eleven from me. Okay, eleven from seven. Fuck me, guys. From, uh, Come on, Leah, get a good wow, roll. Wow, wow. Leah, please. Okay, um, Leah. Gets fucking hell, Leah. Leah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Leah got a two, which with her initiative. Yeah. Okay. So so she's on a five. What did Clara get? Uh, Clara. Clara's gonna hide. <laughs> uh, Clara is going to hide, but uh, she got a. Uh, she she goes after Celestia. Okay. Um. Potentially, we'll see what Clara does. Uh. As for the others, I'm just going to roll them. Uh, and then just going to roll a couple of others. Sorry, one moment, guys. No worries. I'm going to roll. I should have pre-rolled these, but never mind. Okay, 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 okay. 
and then one last character. I hate you. Stop saying that so I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. I'm going to die. Okay. Um, that character is going to prepare. Uh, I hate you. Why do you like this? <laughs> uh, I'm just, just keeping prepared for, for certain things. All right. So, uh, with a 16 on initiative... I am sorry uh, for ending the questions. That's <laughs> all right. Really did, I didn't think that through. Uh, uh, it's time for Gulo the Glutton to take his move. So, the first thing uh, uh, Gulo does is he... Uh, Looks at looks at the uh, at you raises the pistol and goes. Well, I think we could do with a little bit more privacy, and he pulls the trigger and some sort of <laughs> black uh, curls begin wisping out and focus on Celestia and Corzin, uh, and they both shoot directly at you. So both of you. Mm-hmm. Roll charisma saving throws. Oh, come on, bitch. I'm a oh, bard. Boy. Yes. This has to work. Oh, no. Come on. 17. Oh, um, 14. Causing, you feel something roll around you and you just sort of fight past it. But Celestia. Fuck's sake. Barding oh, charisma save. Can, I, can oh. I add anything to this? You can try. Is it too late? You can try. Oh, I'll give you, I'll give you a shot. It. This feels important. I'm going to try. Uh, plus four to her save. Okay, 18. and just before you could, before you feel some sort of void open around you, and you and you just catch a moment for a glimpse of what seems to be a room, just a vast chamber filled with wine barrels. Um, in some endless cellar oh, and no. hunched over a complex series of plans with a wine bottle in his little sort of hoof paw thing is a huge winged pink elephant which looks at you for a moment confused before the portal <laughs> it sort of raises a hat <laughs> wave, and then the and then the portal <laughs> slams shut and you find yourself back where you were okay the banishment did not succeed no. I was None gonna say, did we both see that? Wow, uh, banishment would have sucked <laughs> balls. Oh I, my I'm gonna god. Say, concentration though. I'm gonna it say is concentration, yeah, I'm gonna say Celestia saw that because because but yeah, they like arts yeah, it's causing you saw like a glimpse of this for a moment before you resisted the black curls that were sending you away. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um But yeah, that you uh, a scamp, you sort of flick a hand in the uh, uh, and what's happening to Celestia okay. just like, no. breaks apart. Thank uh, you. <laughs> he goes, oh. Well, that's going to be difficult, isn't it? And he just, he <laughs> looks just at the... just a middle finger at him. He looks at the half-legs. Well, get on with it, will you? Uh, oh, no. And at this point... I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah. Let's see who I've got wants. so many hit points, guys. So uh, you see, you. Uh, I'm gonna go for who's the most dangerous of you that he's seen. It would be Celestia. Uh, Celestia. Um, done anything? <laughs> actually, yeah, you've not really done anything to attack. I mean, that I've much. talked, but no. Corzin's been the most. I'm thinking of who he's seen do the most damage in this in this mm. attack. Corzin, actually, then it would be Corzin. You feel four feet land on your shoulders. 
And you look as, uh, as in the same way that when you've seen Scamp, when they've turned someone invisible, they seem to blotch out of existence. Blotching into existence is a tortoise shell cat, which slashes at you with its Fucking claws. Fucking cats, man. <laughs> uh, uh, I told you. That- <laughs> <laughs> okay, it wasn't Olga, so but long. god damn it. Okay. I uh, hate you. Despite the advantage... Yeah. Uh, Lux uh, slashes at you. That's only a 12. You managed to pull out of the way. If the cat's actually evil. <laughs> oh, so angry. Uh, of course ah, the cat's cat. evil. And the character who's <laughs> been waiting, uh, you hear, you suddenly watch as Scamp's backpack flips open and with a... <laughs> Jeffrey, Jeffrey no! wielding a tiny silver skull in one hand and oh, his sacks and the jewel sword. If you kill my monkey, I other, would be so upset. <laughs> I would be so upset if you kill my monkey. <laughs> and goes for Lux. Okay, so. Brilliant. Um, pet fight. Yeah, pet fight. Uh, Scamp, you can hear a voice in your head go, Go for it, Jeffrey! Come on! Um. Jeffrey! So Jeffrey is also going to make an attack. I mean, this is fucking great. I really I'm hope Jeffrey this. doesn't die. Because okay. although uh, Celestia so, yeah. care, uh, I will. Actually, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I will be so upset. Scamp, uh, I'm going to ask you to make uh, attacks and damage for Jeffrey. Uh, you can okay, call, you uh, can, what are his I will say classes? you can control him. So Jeffrey uh, does uh, attacks at a plus six in melee. Oh, wow. <laughs> Fuck off. Uh, Why is he so good with a sword? Because because friend is guiding him. Okay. Um, That's and... as good as Corzin is with a sword. <laughs> uh, it is a plus one. Corzin, you need to get it is actually a plus right, one. Right. It is actually a plus one weapon, which helps. Okay, it's right. against fucking blade. Yeah, so, you which know. does one d six. Corzin, how do you not do more with a sword? Out of curiosity, what's your <laughs> dex modifier? Um, plus oh, no, plus four. three. Actually, no, no, no sorry, uh, it's, it would be as good as Corson is if he had that sword. Yeah. Corson yeah. has some slightly better ones. Yeah. Okay. Or Corson, <laughs> yeah. So uh, it does 1d6 plus 4 damage upon a hit. Okay. Uh, oh, and Jeffrey has a special ability. What? Uh, of course he does. Jeffrey, with, with friend guiding him, Jeffrey has advantage on attacking creatures if an ally is within 5 feet. Oh, Pax Okay. Is Jeffrey a rogue? Uh, Jeffrey has the pack tactics ability while under friend's guidance. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so roll an attack uh, with advantage uh, for Jeffrey. I'm going to use the unicorn dice. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> that's <laughs> oh, an <no>. 11. <laughs> oh. With advantage, that's 11. Yeah, the wow. the cat hisses and leaps off Corzin's back. Fly <laughs> floating in the air, just, just, just straight up flying. Um, as Jeffrey, uh, uh, just, yeah, just, just sort of <laughs> at it. Uh, and you hear a friend's voice go, damn it. All right, that's Jeffrey Gulls and Lutz's turn. Scamp, you're up. Okay, uh, whereabouts is Lux? So, uh, so all of you are at the bottom of this uh, map towards the south, mm. near the door. I'll say that you're uh, positioned so... Because there, there is just about room for five of you at the very bottom edge. So based mm. on the way people have been talking, it's Celestia in the middle, Corzin to the left, Scamp to the right. Uh, sorry, yeah. Um, I wrote the, I said those and I wrote them down on my map the wrong way around. So Corzin to the left, Scamp to the right. 
and then I'll say next. Uh, and actually said Leah is next to Scamp on the right, and uh, uh, Clara was hiding behind Leah, although she's really more to the side. How far did Lux go Lux, from us? Uh, Lux, I'm going to say, like, they ended their turn there. So they're actually technically still in causing space, but they're, I'm going to say they're five feet above causing. Okay. Uh, and far too close to us. Yeah, um, and Jeffrey is currently on causing shoulders. 20 foot nice. radius. Uh, what? I could get at least three of them couldn't i looking at this map that's worth it mate yes. can i get four of the is there a way to position it to get a 20 fourth? foot radius uh radius yeah <laughs> it's viable. Uh, yeah 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 so 20 foot radius so one two three four uh you can get four any four of the, well you can get four of them you'll leave one halfling out so pick the halfling that you, is fine pick the halfling uh, you I don't will, want to hit i will leave the one on the left okay we'll call him one from me so uh, all right. So I... I will cast fireball because they they are not badly placed for that, <laughs> and it is worth the spell slot at this yep. point. The tiny bead yeah. sort of sails out, and <laughs> let's roll some uh, deck saves. Yeah, it's eight, isn't it? Eighty-six. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that might be it for the poor halflings. I hope so. That'd be so good. Let's play this board a little bit. Okay, two of them make this, so it's a sort of three and four. Okay, it's a mixture. Oh, I rolled a six on the unicorn, though. Yay! Yay! So that's 12, 15, 20, 25, 30, 33. Fit. Ooh, okay. That's good. So the, um, so the one on the left, that was just next to the one that you that you didn't hit is <laughs> turned to ash, just nice. just instantly disintegrated. So uh, is that the far left? Yeah. Uh, so uh, the second one along. Cool. Halfling number two. I'm just crossing them out as yeah. we go. <laughs> Halfling number yeah. two is no more. Uh, three and four both dive uh, for the protection of the gold, well, goldish mound. Uh, so they only take half damage, which will be. Uh, 33 is so a roundup. 17 each. Oh, a significant amount of that's going to be like red hot now. Oh, yeah. And oh, shit. You're right. Melty, melty copper. Yeah, fire, fire melts uh, materials with low enough melting points. Uh... What's the melting point of copper? Science! One moment. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Quick Google check because this is. Uh, I it's know that it melts Science. gold. But copper actually has a reasonably high melting yeah. point from memory. Uh, but I will just quickly check this. This is what you tune in for, Stowaway. Us googling Science. the melting points of copper. Uh, <laughs> this is what, like, I used to know this from memory because of this spell. Mm -hmm. uh, point of metals. What a fine day for a science. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm guessing the other stuff is probably fire resistant to some degree. Yeah. Steelforge.com is providing our, our handy. Thank you, Steelforge.com. Today. <laughs> Hashtag not sponsored. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag should be. <laughs> yes. Steelforge, hurry. It's, if you're listening, Steelforge. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening, Steelforge, sponsor us. Fuck it, why not? <laughs> uh, so, okay. So this is an interesting thing. Um... We've stated previously that we know for a fact that gold will melt under the influence of a fireball spell. For comparison, wrought iron has a melting point of 
1400, uh, around, around sort of like, uh, 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 around 1500 to 1600, just under uh, degrees centigrade. Um, this, and we know that it won't melt iron. But 24 karat gold has a melting point of 1,063 degrees Celsius, and copper has a melting point of 1,084. So that is close enough that, yeah. Full of molten metal. Yeah, okay, wow. with that. And that's wide Whoops. enough to cover all of it. That, um, that Scrooge McDuck-esque <laughs> pit. I wanted to swim in it. As, well, now you can. Uh, as it suddenly grows, <laughs> no. as it instantly no, growing soft and sort of, it's not completely molten. It's not sustained enough fire to do that. Like if you had a wall of fire, maybe, but it melts it enough to soften and slicken the surface. I mean, the Wolverine and two halflings are stood in that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, one of them isn't anymore because he's now Ash. Um, <laughs> but the yes, I am well aware of the fact. <laughs> <laughs> the Wolverine. Is that going to be a problem for them? Uh, yeah, so I'm going to apply damage to them at the start of their turns with a success. Yeah, and, that and makes call sense. A deck save. They're going to struggle to get out of that as well. Uh, well yeah, yeah we'll, we'll say that's a pr- that's if they fail their deck saves. Yeah. Because uh, that that's going to be... We'll do it at the start of their turns for fairness. But Anybody yes. have hold person? Uh, let's <laughs> now say that all of that difficult terrain is now dangerous terrain. Right. And Excellent. molten hot copper. Gonna stay this I is am. going to be an interesting fight. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, so that's uh, Scamp's go. Do you have any, uh, uh, any movement bonus action? Yep. Uh, I would oh. like to yep. uh, quicken greater invisibility and vanish. Okay. You vanish and from move. Sight. Uh, tell me <laughs> and where move, you move so from. we're not in a cluster. Okay. Um, You've got uh, 30 feet of movement. I would like to... The, the copper is both incredibly dangerous and still difficult terrain. I'd like to stick to... Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I'd like to stick to the wall, but move out of a clump. Um, not quite into the melee range of that. Okay, left, Actually, where, left where, or which right? Side, which side? They're all alive on both... There's one alive on both sides. There's one sides, alive on both there? sides. Yeah. Uh, I'll go to the right a bit. Okay. You move past Clara, and you're about... Uh, I'm going to say that you're about 15 feet from the uh, nearest living halfling. I'm going to get my knife out just in case, because okay. I do own a knife. Yep. <laughs> and uh, I can't attack of opportunity with a <laughs> spell yet. Yeah. Uh, oh, is there an ability that lets you yet? Interesting. I think I might be wrong. I think Warcaster gives you attack of opportunity spells. Okay. Interesting. Well, I might be wrong. I will okay. check that. Well, having done that... Please roll 1d100. No. Because you have tides oh, active from last ready. time. Oh. <laughs> Unicorn ones. All magic missile would be great too. Uh, oh god. Is Not that... more for fireballs, please. Yeah, that is... An 11. That sounds really familiar really recently. Uh, um, it's not. Roll a d10. No. Oh, oh, shit. 10 was the, was the magic missile. 11 ah. is something else. That's a 1. Okay, you shrink by one inch. Oh, okay. You are now, you are now one inch shorter. You just feel that is like, <laughs> slightly. Oh, I really thought you were yeah, aging down for a second and had a small heart attack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're four foot nine. Yeah. Oh. Okay. You're, you're yeah. just just a little bit shorter. It's not a major growth, but you suddenly realize, oh, did I just lose my like? 
like what? <laughs> Everything just seems to grow a little bit. But yeah, it's fine. You're still in your growth stage. You'll probably grow <laughs> over that eventually anyway. Also, at some point in the next two hours, birds will start twittering out of your mouth whenever you speak. But only you and the listeners at home will be able to hear it. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's that. That's that uh, uh, dump. That's a super weird one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Celestia, you're up next. It could have been really drastic oh, if I God. rolled a ten. Um, the cat is still like on causing, yeah. Yeah, it's flying five feet above it. Okay. Ooh, do I go for the cat or do I go for the Wolverine? Um. Damn. The cat's probably more dangerous. But I hate the Wolverine. <laughs> Don't make him move, though. We want him where he is. I hate damage. him. I'm doing it. Um, he's, <laughs> not, he's not going to move. Well, I don't know okay. if he's going to move. But it's, it's not something that would make him move. Um, Fair enough. I'm going to look at the Wolverine and go, why don't you pick on someone your own fucking size? And I'm going to cast Dissonant Whispers at level three. Okay. Nice. This is wisdom, right? Um. Yes. Okay. He does save. Um, which is ironic, because if he hadn't saved, he would have been forced to move back ten feet, and therefore off the molten copper. Oh yeah, shit. Oh well. Oh <laughs> well, he does save. He does save. We're all good. Not with it today, guys. Mm. It's going well. That's yeah. alright. It still means he'd have to move through that now dangerous terrain and take the damage. I mean, he's going to have to no matter what. Um, <laughs> so that's really good, actually. So that's 11, 17, 21, 24. Okay, 24. Halves to 12 because of um, his saving. Halves to 6. And oh. something else happens. As you uh, as you say these words, you feel the sort of dissonant echoes that come through your voice. But they echo him. He sort of flinches uh, and stumbles for a moment. And then the echoes seem to reverberate back. And oh, you feel them all... in your own mind. You take 6 points of psychic damage. Oh, I have nothing oh. I can do that isn't magic. God damn it. Kill the cat. Kill the cat. <laughs> I'm going he to kill does the cat. Still, he does still thing. take some damage. Um, so I take six, yeah. yeah? He takes six, you take six. Okay. Um, I'm also going to um, do a little shoulder shimmy and a hair flick and the rainbow spirit comes out of my hair and you all get five temporary hit points. And oh, I mean, yeah. you can move if you fancy it, but like whether you want to or not is another I thing. Th I think cause it yeah. will. Unclump, yeah, unclump. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll get to it when it's my turn. Yeah. Uh, I'm, but, I'm gonna, well, no. You, you, you if you want to move, now, you need to do it now. Use, use, use okay. In which case, then I will move away from uh, where the cat is uh, yeah. towards the uh, the halfling that is as yet unscathed on okay. the left hand side. Jeffrey is remaining on your shoulders. <laughs> yep. Cool. That's fine. I'm just. Uh, can I get past the halfling? Uh, you Look. can't because you have used your. You've already used your reaction. This. Uh, uh, no, you get it back at the start of your turn, and you have. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yes, um, you, uh, I do ooh. not have enough sorcery points to redo this. Uh, so you, you. I will say it's now. It's it's probably an acrobatics check to slip past the halfling without him noticing you, or an athletics check if you just want to barge past him. No, I'd like to try and slip past. Okay, uh, give me an acrobatics check then. Oh, that's good. That's, um... Oh, where's my acrobatics? I can't have the map and my character sheet at the same time. That's 17. Okay, yeah. You easily just leap over him. He is tiny. Uh, he, like, he's got small. And you make it as far as the 
uh, as the pedestal with the silvery skin. Sorry, Celestia, you look like you're about to say something. Um, yeah, I've not, I've not quite done my turn, but that cool. was part of it, so don't yeah. worry. Um, it's all good. Um, um, so two things. Mm-hmm. A, <laughs> I'm gonna shout out. Be careful of magic. It just sort of bounced mine back at me. Ow! And then I'm gonna move um, a little bit. Oh, I don't know where to move. Where, where are there not people? I just don't want to be uh, clumped, So, basically. everyone has just moved. I'm going to say, also, uh, Leah moves over towards the halfling on the right, so she is now in front of him. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, ready with her sword. Clara is going to stay where she is, which is about ten feet to the right of the main, the door you've entered. So you are currently not near anyone. Corzin is about ten feet away from the halfling on the okay. left. Because I can't see Scamp, I'm going to move a little bit towards Leah, but not, like, right near her. Okay. Um, like, on that side, near All the right. wall, if that makes any sense. That's fine. I like, was... about 15 feet back okay. from her. I'll say Clara uses the opportunity then to move to where you were so that you're not clumped together. Yeah. And you are about 15 feet from Leah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so useful for unclumping, that. Oh, yeah. It's really good. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Uh, so, speaking of which, uh, it's time for the halflings. Uh, no, sorry, it's time for Clara to act. Clara reaches into her bag, uncorks what seems to be a heavy gourd, and pours a fine circle of bone dust around her, which she then lashes with some sort of uh, fluid, and it begins to start emitting soft white flames. Interesting. Nothing else that you can observe happens, but she's not... Well, there's nowhere to hide in this room. So, so she's doing this instead, and she's just staying there and and say uh, and says uh, and calls out, if you if you can get close to me, I can toss you potions if you need them. But I can't. Uh, but I can't do. But I can't do much from within the else from within the circle. Fair enough, darling. Stay safe. I will. Okay, uh, so that's Clara's actions. The halflings. Uh, okay, so the one that's on the uh, <laughs> on the molten. <laughs> okay, the the one on the molten stuff got a natural twenty uh, to escape that, so he's going to take half damage, uh, which is good for him because that was a twelve, so he takes six instead. Uh, leaps off. He's sort of tap dancing across the um, <laughs> the, the molten stuff. <laughs> yeah. So he, uh, okay, so I'm going to say he leaps straight off. So he's now within five feet of you, uh, Scamp. Uh, so the halfling has, so that, that's halfling three has moved off. Uh, halflings one and two, uh, halfling one is just going to, seeing cause an approach, is going to unload the slug shot. Halfling one is the one, which which position? Uh, left. So left. Go, oh, they went left yeah. to right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Two's dead. Yeah, yeah. two is dead. Cool. Three has jumped off the molten <laughs> copper. One is going to fire a slug shot at uh, Corzin. Okay. Uh, which is... Okay. That was a six. Okay, that, that misses. <laughs> it blasts okay. into the delicate marble freeze behind you. Uh, seeing the situation, he holsters the blunderbuss and draws uh, his sacks instead and is going to just uh, steady himself and wait for you to approach, seeing that you've already got drawn your own blades. Um, okay. The uh, At that point, 
I've got two more. One is... Okay, the one that is next to Leah, seeing that she's already next to him, leaves the... Uh, holsters the blunderbuss, draws his sacks, and is going to stab twice at her. Uh, so that... One misses, one hits. And, okay, she takes eight points of damage, but she's... Uh, but that... Uh, so that's out of their temporary hit points down to down a little bit lower but she's she's got plenty of fighting spirit left uh so yeah the uh, the blades uh, sta stabs forwards and she pulls to the side it just slightly cuts her but otherwise doesn't do much uh the one that pulled back next to scamp is going to fire the slug shot at celestia you are in long range for a blunderbuss so this is with disadvantage cool uh, seven plus. Okay, yeah, that's only an eleven again. Nah, it doesn't hit. Slugshot just poof, straight into the freeze oh. behind you. They're using they're high damage weapons, but they're not accurate. Uh, okay, that I think is all the halflings are willing to do. The halfling that's back there thinks he's safe and doesn't realize he's right next to Scamp. Uh, <laughs> which makes it Corson's go. Okay, uh, is Coulson currently in melee with halfling number one, or does he need to move into it? Uh, you need to move into it. You're, you're ten feet away. That's perfectly fine. In which case, he is not going to uh, move into it uh, just this round, but mm. he's going to cast Hunter's Mark as a bonus action okay. on him, <laughs> and uh, he's going to uh, unshoulder his carbine and try and take him out at relatively oh, short range. Suddenly goes like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Realizing so, he probably um, should have closed into melee at this point. Yeah. So, I might have brought right. a knife to a gunfight. <laughs> <laughs> He's not okay. doing well. <laughs> um, He's doing that the best is, of his friends. Oh, yeah. That's only a twelve to hit. Uh, that is not quite enough, actually. No, he's got he's got reasonably good armor plus. So he pulls to the side just in time for you to again damage the delicate marble freezers in this room. Regent, damn it! Okay, Ooh, um, Regent, be praised. Uh, <laughs> do you want to? Move? I don't get a second shot with that because it's two-handed, no, isn't no, it? It's two-handed. Okay, well that's uh, that's pretty much all I can do. Then. Okay, you stay in position, uh, Leah. Then. Uh, is going to slash down at the halfling that just stabbed her. So two attacks from Leah. Try and use less NPCs in the future. Uh, <laughs> okay, so first one of those for her. First one misses, second one hits. And yeah, she just slashes down. Uh, actually, no, she's stabbing down. It's the small sword. Uh, for nine points of damage. Not enough to kill that halfling, but she does stab him in the arm, which begins to bleed profusely. <laughs> oh! Okay. Oh. Top of the round is actually Jeffrey, who is a person's shoulder. <laughs> really? Yeah. Jeffrey uh, has a climb speed and movement speed of 20. That is so weird that I've actually forgotten about it. Yeah. I actually forgot about it. It was so weird that I actually deleted it since the last round. Yeah. I'd forgotten that was happening. <laughs> <laughs> so Jeffrey's still uh, on my shoulders at the moment. Yeah, so I'm, I'm giving yeah. control of Jeffrey over to Scamp. Uh, scamp. <laughs> um, what's the gap between... Ten feet, so he can jump Ten that feet. easily. Yeah, but he won't be within five feet of an ally, will he? Uh, no, although you can have Jeffrey hold back until uh, Corzin's movement, if you wish. 
He will hold an attack until something comes within five feet. Got it. Okay. okay. Jeffrey just perches and calls in his shoulders, swaying side to side, holding the knife and the and the skull. Um, and will use his bonus action to scream in monkey. <laughs> <laughs> and you uh, you hear a soft voice go, "Hold it! Hold it! Wait till he's close." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Lox, who is flying in the air. Does she still look like just a cat? She looks like a cat, but That's as so you disturbing. watch, she, her body begins to shift and change. Muscles, bones reshape themselves. Uh, and you see that her form begins to twist until it becomes more humanoid. Her spine curves in a strange way. Um, oh. She, Her head changes position. It's more like she, she's almost like a kind of a tiny, like a tiny cat person, but it's it's wrong in very distinctive ways. Her claws change to become slightly more hand-like. The tail uh, seems to uh, twist in strange ways. And as her, as the sort of like uh, pectoral muscles of a cat spread outwards to become more hu- humanoid, you can see a tiny silver skull emerges from the fur in the center of her chest. Oh, this is what this is what we have, Jeffrey. This is what friend wants, isn't it? It's uh, really scary. And friend he's... mentioned another form. This is the other form. Oh <laughs> and, god! And you see, <laughs> locks gestures with both hands, and Pet she people <laughs> vanishes from sight. So angry that the cat's actually evil, guys. Like I literally, like, I can't believe I'm so angry. I can hardly speak. That the cat's actually evil. That's so yeah. annoying. <laughs> Sometimes it's just a cat, sometimes it's not. Just, I'm pissed that you got me. <laughs> ah. <laughs> okay, Gol is going to uh, save against uh, Gol, uh, Molten Copper now. I don't know why I did that twice. He doesn't have advantage. Um, okay, he makes it. He steps off. Does, uh, uh, does take... Ooh, 15, half to 7 points of damage. Uh, so Gulo steps back. Uh, and... He is going to turn, and this time, I think, he's cast what? Yeah. Uh, he turns and is going, uh, and you see as, uh, as he clicks his uh, pistol, uh, his eyes shift. And they fill with some sort of deep, inky blackness. Ooh. Uh, and he is going to turn and look at Celestia, I'm going to say, of those that he can see, because Scamp is currently invisible, and he I don't think he can see invisible creatures. No. Okay. Uh, Seems fair, I've just cast something on him. Yeah, so he stares at you, and you, and as you look, you see the 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 blackness in his eyes seems to stretch forward, almost threatens to consume you. This is a wisdom save, please. Oh, um, good. Oh, no. I'm just going to oh, check whether I don't think this is a charm effect, but it might be. Uh, so um, I am actually going to double check. Yeah, it check is, before you, I roll because if I yeah, it has I'll, advantage because if... you would have advantage if it is. It doesn't sound like one. Uh, no, this is not a charm effect. Oh god, I hate all my dice, guys. <laughs> Help. Um, we're going to go for the fuck dice. That's what we're going to do. Oh shit, the fuck dice let me down. Oh no. Oh, it's really bad. <laughs> That's a four. 
Okay. I'm fucked. Uh, Bye. Uh, so, um, you feel a strange... Uh, I mean, you're obviously an absolute, you use that on you. You feel a strangeness fill you, and just like this, this blind terror just unspeakable fear of these eyes that threaten to draw you in um no matter what you are you are panicked you are frightened and on your turn you must use uh, you must f- use your movement to get as far away from gull uh, from gulo uh, the glutton as is physically possible for you which isn't very far. Which isn't very far. He has stepped back. So he has stepped back. So he's currently where the uh, where the hawk's eye gem is. Okay. Um, so he's just you know five foot north of his original position. Uh, is the door still open? The door is still open. So there is a tw- there is a twenty foot room behind it. That's mm-hmm. that's true. Twenty foot. I by don't 20 foot. think my movement would take me all the way in there though. So I think we're all right. But if that's you fair. if you cannot get uh, as far as you can with the, with your act uh, with your movement, you must take a dash action while in this state to move further okay the rule is that you must be at least technically actually no you can get uh oh no no he's at the far end of the room so long as you get out of the room and more than 60 feet away um the actually i need to check the exact wording of this because i've written a shorthand version down here okay so under this fact you must use uh uh, on each of its turns, the frightened creature must take the dash action and move away from you by the safest and shortest available route, unless there is nowhere to move. If the target moves to a place at least 60 feet away from you, where it can no longer see you, the effect ends. So if you run into the next room and behind the door, like behind the the wall, then then actually you only need to waste... You're, it'll only affect you for one turn. Yeah. Because you can do that with the dash action. But on your next, yeah, on your next turn, you have to waste your action taking the dash to run and hide. Yeah, you see Celestia kind of like clutch their chest and start panic attack breathing. Okay. Oh god. Uh oh. Uh, for his uh, bonus action, Gull uncorks a small vi- a bottle of something uh, amber liquidy and drinks it. Ugh. Oh. Yeah, of course he gets healing potions. He's rich. Yeah. Yeah, figured. Oh, it makes sense. Well, there goes my tracking of his health. <laughs> <sighs> uh, so, so, okay. Um, Corzin, I'll say with your passive perception, you can tell yep. that he has two more of these bottles. Right. Okay. Noted. So one is. Are they like strapped onto his? Yeah, side they're strapped onto it. That you could when he when he pulls his coat open to get them, you can see that they're lined up in a pocket in his waistcoat. Fair enough. So you can okay. you can see how many of those he has. All right, uh, that uh, makes it Scampsco. Okay, am I? I'm in melee with a guy, aren't I? Uh, you are within five feet of him, but he is completely unaware that you are there. So you can step away from him without provoking an attack of opportunity. Okay, well, I'll do that. Okay, um, you are now uh, you are now ten feet from the glutton. <laughs> Worth mentioning the the golden uh, like the the golden pit. It will remain hot for the rest of this of this combat. Not enough time is going to pass for it to cool down. I think we need to clear the field a bit. I will cast a firebolt at the guy that was in front of me. 
Yeah, and your greater invisibility is awesome. Greater invisibility so it doesn't break. Nice. Uh, That's an 18 to hit. That hits. Roll damage. And that is... Oh, terrible. That's three. Oh, hun. Firebolt. Yeah, there's a flash of light as you uh, kind of signal your approximate position, as you are right now, and, uh, uh, and blast him in the back. But... It just seems to hit the thickest part of the uh, of the fabric, and it's not enough to take him down. You still uh, have don't twenty-five have feet. Points. You still yeah, have I'm going to keep moving. Okay. I would like to get to the thumb jar if I can. Okay. <laughs> or whatever is it is. <laughs> you sidle behind Gull. I'm going to say because you've just revealed your position, I'm going to give him uh, a perception check, but I'm going to give you. A, but I'm going to ask you to make a stealth check with advantage. Oh, okay. uh, and he has to make a perception check with disadvantage because you're invisible. Uh, well, he does anyway because of my cloak, but there we go. Yeah. Um, 16. Yeah, no, that is... No, not quite enough. All right, you you slip past him. He is none the wiser and get to the thumb jar. And indeed, there is a tiny uh, grey... Th- well, it's not tiny, it's about human-sized. Uh, gr- adult human-sized grey thumb... No fingernail, uh, just like the top joint of a thumb suspended in this fluid. And you can see there is a small brass plaque on the base, uh, but you don't really have time to read it. No, uh, okay. And I'll use my bonus action to burn a spell slot for some sorcery points. Okay. All right, that's uh, scamp done. Celestia. I mean, I'm going to... <laughs> oh, you run. <laughs> I'm going to hyperventilate and run away. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, so you you sort of get a hold of... You sort of... Not get a hold of yourself. That's kind of... That's, that's a very cruel phrasing. Point, yeah. but, but rather, you, once you... You run behind, like, the door to the next room. And once you get there, as you're sort of breathing, you real, you feel the effect, now that you're gone from his sight, severs, yeah. fades. You still have your bonus action, I will say. Uh... Fuck all I can do from here with a bonus action. Hmm. I'll drink a healing potion. Okay. Fuck it. <laughs> Why not? Good po- good use of thing. Yeah. Yep. That's a good thing. Uh, Clara will use up... Okay, Clara takes up from her pouch a uh, small kind of stoppered uh, a clay... Uh, just a little... A small stoppered clay vial marked with... Uh, which just says... H painted on the front of it and carefully reaches outside the circle to set it down and then steps inside. So Clara has what left one healing potion by her. It's a regular healing potion that anyone who passes by her can use a bonus action to pick up. Cool. Fair enough. So that is there. Uh, okay. That's kind of her role in this fight thus far. Uh, the halflings will go next. Uh, so the one that just got shot from behind, I guess I'm going to give, like, I'm going to give him a perception check to see if he can, on the off chance, he can try, he can even notice where you are. If he gets a one, he's going to try and shoot you, the posi- he's going to try and pursue the position you were. Okay. That is high enough perception to know that he doesn't know where you are. So, <laughs> so he's not going to waste his shot. Um... It's like over 20, but like, he's no idea where to look for you. So instead, he is going to lean to the side and try and shoot past his friend with uh, at Leah. 
with another of these shots. Now, even with advantage, that's not enough to hit her. She presses herself to the side as the blunderbuss shot <laughs> smashes, destroys more valuable uh, masonry. The one in front of Lear is going to attack uh, twice. Neither of which hit as he stabs furiously at her. The one in front of Corzin, seeing that what just happened, is going to step forward, at which point Jeffrey... Jeffrey! <laughs> nice. <laughs> With advantage! Yes. Yay! Uh, oh, 16? That hits. No, 17. Oh, that I definitely hits. I want Jeffrey to kill a man. <laughs> wow, more damage. Oh, that's nine. Okay. She's nine that's points. really good. This is the first blood against this halfling, by the way. As Jeffrey yeah. sort of... And then stabs him in the shoulder. <laughs> Sleeps down, stabs him, runs around his shoulders from him, and then leaps back onto Corzin's shoulders. Or I guess, nice. I guess you could leave him on... The halfling, because he's small enough to sort nah, of. Nah, he's gonna stick with Corzin, because okay. he can then use Corzin's movement. Yep, fair enough. Uh, okay, so that was the that was his little spring but attack. He's gonna be like standing on his shoulders, so it's like Corzin's got two heads. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the uh, under the circumstances, no, no, go for the guy with the gun, not the monkey. Uh, <laughs> one, uh, two stabs with the sax. One misses. The other is a twenty-two to hit. Oh, that'll hit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you get saxed for five points of damage. That's my temporary hit points gone, but that's cool. <laughs> it's fine. He sort of slashes you, and it, it gets deflected by your uh, by your waistcoat a bit. Uh, but like that's uh, you're gonna have to take that to fighty or someone to mend the uh, the, the rip. It's uh, my best waistcoat, you bastard. Jerry will do it. <laughs> Sorry, Jeffrey would make a great apprentice tailor. <laughs> sure. Uh, which it makes its Corzin to go. Okay, uh, Corzin, enraged by the um, uh, the sartorial crimes that have just been committed against him, uh, is going to uh, jump forward, unsheathing both of his uh, cutlasses, uh, and make two attacks so that's oh that's a 26 Ooh, that hits kill him so yeah what <laughs> <laughs> okay that's uh five slashing damage there and the second one is uh 14 uh that also hits Okay. What's the damage from the first one? Five? Uh, uh, yeah, five total okay. slashing. Uh, and the damage from the second one is nine. Nice. But also, Hunter's Mark. So that is a further... One! You get one for each hit. Yep. Every time, it's every time you hit. Okay. Uh, three. Oh, <laughs> my. Okay. And but the... as he's uh, jumping forward, uh, Corson is going to um, uh, yell something in halfling, which sounds uh, a bit like "You wrote well, fuck me." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, I think you get a third attack because bonus action if you want to take it. That's true, actually, and I shall. Natural one, but lucky. <sighs> Okay, that is a oh, it's a twenty-five. Okay, roll, roll damage. Okay, don't forget the hunter's mark. Yep. 
Okay, so that's seven base with a further one. Oh, oh. Buddy. So he's got his, his knife out. You slash him once along the arm, so that and the knife kind of drops. I slash him again uh, across the chest. He staggers back. The third time, you do this elaborate flourish. Uh, raise the sword in, uh, into the air. The saber actually flies out of your hand. <laughs> Into the air, turns once, and then just stabs down, <laughs> catching him in the throat. Oh! Wow. <laughs> yes, I exactly meant to do that. Is he dead? <laughs> He's dead. Yay! Wait, so this is the <laughs> number one, the far left Yeah, number one is dead. Two are down. So it's only, yeah. ones, only one's on the right now. Yeah, only yeah. the ones on the right still around. Uh, Can I retrieve the saber as a free hurt, action? Aren't they? You do. Uh, yes. <laughs> Oh, if he's dead, can I move my hunter's mark to the goal then? Nope, it's a bonus action to do that, but you can oh, do it. Oh, of course, yeah, no, no, okay, time. fine. Yeah. Okay, uh, so that makes it. Uh, uh, do you want to move at all, actually? Uh, actually, yeah, if I'm toe to toe with him, I will carefully skirt around the edge of the um, uh, the, the molten inferno, you are, <laughs> as it were. Okay, you are able as... to get to as far as the pedestal which bears the uh, jar. Which is unknowingly right next to Scamp. Okay. Um, I wave at Jeffrey. <laughs> Jeffrey can cannot Jeffrey see, see you. you. <laughs> I wait, did Je wonder whether wait, he can Jeffrey see you? I don't know. I'm just checking his stats. No, he can't. You're good. Just a quick question, though. <laughs> How tall Could is Jeffrey the pedestal? Have true Could Corson uh, cover behind it? Uh, yes, the pedestal is small enough for you to take cover. Right, in which case well, that is what he will say. do. <laughs> okay. That is what he will do. All right, you take cover. Tiny cousin. <coughs> so little. <laughs> All right. Uh, He's a wee tiny man. <laughs> Leah is going to slash at the one in front of her, uh, which hits. And okay, she just—well, uh, she doesn't slash. She just calmly stabs the one in front of her in the throat. Kicks him onto the molten metal. He begins Leah's charring awesome and smoking. Today. <laughs> yes. Leah's always awesome. Steps I mean, like, up, she is, but today, like, fucking hell. Steps yeah. up to the one uh, that's holding the blunderboss. He goes, er, uh, no hard feelings, right? None. And then stabs him. <laughs> I love her. I love <laughs> her so much. Uh, yeah, straight through the chest. He gurgles a little, and then she also takes... As she's put, she puts her hand on his... Uh, on his shoulder, pulls the sword out, and then tosses him onto the burning uh, uh, molten metal for a moment as well. Oh. She is going to use the rest of her movement to go one, two, three, four, five. So she moves just past the uh, pedestal which had the which has the silver skin on it. She is now ten feet away from Gull. Oh god, we're clumping up again. Oh yeah. But we just don't know it. I'm miles away. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you're yeah. fine. You're fine. <laughs> I'm fine. Okay, uh, Jeffrey. Uh, Je it's top of the round. It's Jeffrey. Jeffrey will stay with Corzin and okay. hold an attack for something being within five feet. Okay. Fair enough. Oh, Jeffrey. I love Jeffrey so much. Yeah. Okay. Celestia hates him, but I love him. Let's see who's around. <laughs> He's vying for MVP at this round. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, the uh, There's a moment where the cat <laughs> flashes back into 
uh, existence uh, around Corzin and slashes down... Within five feet? Within five feet. So you get... <laughs> so, so both of you get advantage. She gets advantage. So does Jeffrey. Damn it. Oh, no. Double oh, sixes. Oh, better than it looked. Uh, that's a dirty 20. Yes, Jeffrey. <laughs> okay, well done, Jeffrey. That, uh, that, that does hit. Oh, that's only six, though. Okay. Uh, halved to three against Lux. Still, that's... This fancy damage. sword's not magic, is it? Uh, no, it's just plus one. No. Uh, plus one, but not magical. Uh, so, yeah, no. Uh, the sword slashes into the cat, who begins to bleed regular red cat blood, but you see it flies back uh, in, uh, in frustration uh, and is actually going to, yeah, provoke an attack of opportunity, I guess, from Jeffrey and Corzin, as she's going to yep. fly directly <laughs> up to the ceiling. Right. Slashy, slashy. Oh, that's... Uh, 16? Uh, 24. Yeah, those both hit, actually. <laughs> oh, Jeffrey. That's only five from Jeffrey. Half to two. Fucking hell, Jeffrey. <laughs> Eight from Corzin. You're using a magical weapon. Yep. How would you like to um, take care of Lux? Yes. Oh, it's okay. just a cat, isn't it? It's still just a still cat. Still just a fucking cat. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yes! <laughs> the magical cat, okay, but it's so still a cat! As it's flying back, I'm going to um, bisect it. So, you know, legs one way, uh, rest of the torso the other. Good lord. Oof. Okay. As the, yeah, as you, it flies up, you <laughs> slice it through, and you just hear a, No, no! <laughs> and Celestia, as you were kind of peering around the corner mm -hmm. uh, to get back into this and cause and looking directly up, both of you see just a flash of light as um, the sword goes straight through the middle of the cat, knocking out the silver skull in the process. And you see peeling away from the cat is some sort of semi-distinct form caught halfway between a an image of a vaguely humanoid cat and a skull which is, seems to be clearer uh, in, in, in what seems to be a sort of purplish light to you before it is just sucked into the, uh, the skull which then flies and lands mere inches away on the ground from the golden uh, uh, from the golden metal, oh, the cool. metal remember if a cat could eat you it would <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong, but. Wow. <laughs> tink, tink, tink. Uh, I mean, from someone causing size, they must be a genuine worry. Well, like yeah, it's like, I, I think I said in the previous episode every halfling child knows if a cat could eat you, it would. Yeah. <laughs> Two halves of a perfectly ordinary cat <laughs> splattered to the Poor floor. Poor girl. <laughs> uh, all right, the uh, that makes it, uh, yeah, that makes it the glutton's turn. Uh, he is gonna keep this up. Uh, I think same effect. He's gonna turn on Corzin. I'm gonna say the same black void-like eyes. Uh, Corzin, roll me a wisdom save, please. Okay, I'm still. Vaguely taking cover. <laughs> yeah, but it's a spell. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that's uh, ten. You feel the same sickening horror 
um, just overwhelm and consume you. You are now panicked. You are frightened uh, and must. And upon your move, you must dash to flee unless you have nowhere to move. And you, this effect only goes once either the, the spell stops or you are at least 60 feet away and can no longer see uh, the glutton. Okay. So, yeah, you are now panicked. Mm. All right. right uh, go. No, it doesn't need to use his bonus action yet. Uh, he is going to just sort of hold up. Uh, to, uh, seeing you sort of, the, the terror striking your heart, he's going to go up. Well, then. Looks like it's uh, just the pair of us. He says, looking between Leah and Scamp. Uh, and can he see me? Uh, sorry, actually, no, he he can't see you. He sort of looks to Leah and then sort of addresses, kind of vaguely, to the air. But you can tell he's talking to you. Uh, all right, that makes it your go, Scamp. Uh, how far away is the skull? Uh, the skull, I will say, landed pretty much right next to you, to where you actually are. Can I pick it up, please? Yes. You do. <laughs> this might be a yes. terrible idea. Do you it. pick it up and you feel a pulse within your hand as you do so. Uh, Causing you see this, the skull just seems to vanish out of existence. Okay. But you are currently preoccupied by mind-numbing terror. Yeah, okay. he's not going to so be uh, I'll say it takes, that too yeah, deeply. Like, I'll, say, um, I'll say it takes like five feet of movement to pick it up. Okay, so it's not bonus action or anything. Uh, no. No, I don't think so. Okay. Because, uh, actually, no, I said it's a bonus action to pick up Clara's healing potion, so it is a bonus action. Gonna, I was happy to spend a bonus yeah, action. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it is a bonus action, because that's, yeah, significant. And there's still two halflings, aren't there? There is, uh, no. There, there are, there, there are now four smoking court, well... Oh. Three, uh, one pile of oh, ash. Oh, yeah, there was, wasn't there? Uh, two she smoking corpses... And she got both of them. I lost track. Yeah. I got distracted. Yeah. And one Great, just I lying can save dead. the sorcery points. Uh, I will cast a second level chromatic orb then. Yeah, it's just you and uh, just you and uh, and Gula now. Oh, okay. the, the other two halflings are gone. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. Leah got two I lost of them. track of that as well, but yeah. yeah, Leah got them, of course. Yeah, yeah, Leah got two of them. Leah's one of them was amazing. gone from the start, and Corson and Jeffrey got the other one. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, roll attack. Bloody hell. Okay, um, he still doesn't know where I am. No. So, that is a lot. 25 to hit. Oh, that hits. Roll damage. And it is 48 at this level. I'm getting to use all of these unicorn dice, and it's making me really happy. Yay. Oh, that's not bad, actually. That is 19, and... Did fire seem to do the full damage to him? Uh, it does. It burns. Yeah, it's, I will go fire. Setting then. him on fire. <laughs> uh, as yeah, this ball of flames just cascades into him, uh, and he. Some of it you see is he kind of gestures. It he, he seems to. There's like a pulse of what Corzin can see is like purple light that emanates from him for a moment. And the flames see, are extinguished as they strike him. He's not resistant or anything. This is just like him not dying instantly to getting hit in the chest with a flaming <laughs> ball. Um, but yeah, he seems staggered and burned uh, from the attack. And I'm going to back up a bit 
so that I'm not in the same place because I am still invisible. Yeah, roll me a roll me a stealth check with advantage. Because he is gonna try and listen for you. Um eighteen. Seems to scan for a moment, but doesn't seem to have pegged your location. Okay, uh, if I can sort of go towards where Corzin is, but is about to run away from. Yeah, you slip behind Corzin ten feet, so you just basically move ten feet. All right, uh, yeah, Corzin is still at the uh, the pedestal. Uh, speaking of human, not humans. Uh, Ellie is a human, but Celestia is not. And I'm Celestia not a human. Gone. Well, I, yeah, that's <laughs> the one. <laughs> so a fey being. A fae, I am indeed a fey being. Um, so mm-hmm. I am going to come back into the room, funnily enough. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've not been here for any of this. <laughs> Look around me, see that there's... Nobody there go, oh, well, this went well then. And then um, <laughs> a dead cat and a bunch <laughs> of dead halflings. Yeah. I mean, a lot's happened since <laughs> I left, guys. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Totally fair. I'm going to look at the Wolverine and go, That's enough fucking mind games now, darling. I'm going to get out my gun and I'm going to shoot him. Excellent. Nice. Um, maybe. Let's find out. <laughs> Uh, really want it to work. Yeah, It'd be so that. cool. Come on. Oh yeah, twenty-four. Okay. Fuck you. <laughs> the uh, pistol shot takes him in the shoulder. Roll damage. Um, nine. Fucking hell. Yeah, that works. Nine damage. He sort of <clears throat> grunts and a little bit of blood comes out of his mouth. Uh, oh, I suppose down to breast attacks then. <sighs> is anyone looking injured? Uh. <laughs> Lear is actually surprisingly fine. Uh, what about you guys? I'm invisible. Causing is I'm also moderately fine. injured, but, but not still horrifying? very much up. No, not horrifying. Uh, I think I will leave that. Um, <laughs> I'd love to give you inspiration, but I can't see you, Scamp. Because <laughs> I, feel, I feel like you're the one that should have it in this battle. Inspire Jeffrey. <laughs> can I yeah. inspire Jeffrey? You can inspire Jeffrey. <laughs> Please do it just because it's funny. <laughs> it's so it's so funny that I have to do it now um, because it's a great yep. suggestion. Just going to go, Jeffrey, look fucking mental and I'm just going to give you inspiration. Um, so he gets... A literal whole D8. <laughs> so <Nice>. enjoy that. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, is he going to leave the room with Corson? Or can Jeffrey jump off? Not to. Yeah. He could leap off, couldn't he? Unless he leaps off, which I'll say he he can choose to. Um, okay, I'm happy to like burn a reaction or whatever to do that. Yeah, I'll say it's a reaction, but. Although I may have spent that holding an action. Who knows? <laughs> well, was, yeah, you do actually spend that holding an action. Regardless, I'll say you can choose the action, change the action to leaping off instead of attacking. I think it's already spent. Yeah. All right. Well, regardless, <laughs> like I, I'm fine. Like the point is, you were holding an action to attack, but because circumstances have changed, I'll allow you to change the action to essentially like. I already used the attack. You did. I think. All right, no, yeah. Jeffrey is like not really able to react as it will be carried away on on Corson. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. Uh, uh, so Celestia, you you move back into the room. Where do you want to try and get to? Did you say? Uh, I think where would be helpful. I, I'm too much of a dickhead to take cover. 
<laughs> you can just stand in front of the doorway if you want. Yeah. Okay. I think I'm just going to stay there. Cool. All right. I'm just, I'm too much of a dickhead to go and hide behind something because he's pissed me off. Clara sets down <laughs> another I blow the smoke off my gun and just stare at him. Yeah. <laughs> I love this Clara's just like you're all going to die here are potions <laughs> yeah. she's so please helpful. I'm putting she's these down, like, passive aggressively passing potions she's set down two out of her three she's keeping one behind for her <laughs> but yeah she's what, whatever the circumstance it seems that she's trusting to this strange these strange uh, white flames to protect her uh, and no one's really been unoccupied enough to attack her up to this point so it hasn't mattered the halflings are all yeah. dead uh, Corzin uh, you run you run 50 feet. Uh, yeah, so... that gets me roughly level with the door I've worked out. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I'll say you get to the door, then you are bice. You're just behind where Celestia is now, so you're like, yeah, you're do just... Do I after... still have a bonus action, or is that taken up by dashing? You do have a bonus action. I'm going to move my uh, hunter's mark uh, okay. to the glutton, then. Nice. Okay, the glutton is now hunted. But also, as he's running, he's like, <laughs> Jeffrey is also yeah. screaming. <laughs> It's like Standing watches. on your shoulders, like, yeah. like one leg on each like, shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, That's about as much as I think I can do. Yeah. All right. Uh, we've got some limited options here. So, have we hit the point where it's time? Well, actually, no. It's Leah first. Leah is going to step forwards, and she is going to. Uh, she she is going to uh, to, to sort of raise her small sword and you say, "Don't like I don't know what the fuck you're doing with those weird black eyes, but how dare you stare at my friends like that?" Uh, so she's going to invoke her fighting spirit as a oh, bonus she's so action, cute. I love her. which gives her nice. five temporary hit points back, um, mm-hmm. and is going to give her advantage on these two attacks against uh, the glutton. Um, which is good because I think she needed those. So that one just hits. Uh, that one is cocked. Okay, yeah, one of those was a crit. Yes, um, Leah. Okay, so normal attack. Okay, she does eighteen points total damage as she Jesus. stabs in twice. <laughs> nice. He staggers back. Okay, he's not in a great state right now, uh, and that's her turn. Jeffrey is going to uh, step up. Uh, Jeffrey is uh, is just stuck on Corson's shoulders, uh, screaming maniacally. What does he want to do, if anything? Um, I guess hold the action and hope Corson goes. But no, Corson's still. Corson's still going to be running into. Yeah, no, jumping off. We're going to head back. We're going to run back. Oh, actually, concentration checks for. um, I've got at least another ten feet of movement. I need to. Hmm? uh, Sorry, I forgot to to roll concentration checks for the glutton. Give me a moment. (coughs) This could be the difference. It's two attacks actually. So the second one. Okay, first one he makes, but shit, second one that was a five. The spell drops as unable to focus on it. The black, the inky blackness uh, fades from his eyes. I guess just after that one liner from Lear as well. So uh, Corzin, mm. as you are running, you suddenly feel the blank terror fade. <sighs> he is furious. <laughs> oh. As is Jeffrey. 
time, I think, to uh, put the pair of you back away. And he's going to raise the gun and fire twice. <laughs> once at Leah, once at uh, Corzin. And okay. again, the inky black ribbons are going to fly out and seize hold of you and try to pull you away. So wisdom save from Corzin, please. And I'll do one for Leah. Wisdom, okay. Is this it? the same okay. thing as before? Yep, same thing as before. Oh, it was charisma before. Oh, sorry. That that uh, that would be uh, charisma. Yes. Okay, just check. Tell me what you're all. <laughs> oh, uh, I rolled a nineteen. Okay, you amazing. Shrug off <laughs> the black ribbons. Uh, you are not banished. Damn it. <laughs> uh, bonus action. Girl is going to drink another healing potion. That's insane. I've only got a plus one. <laughs> that was pure luck, mate. Yeah. Mm. Uh, now, the sheer weight of his rage is keeping him in this plane of existence. <laughs> uh, what he does, however, do is he moves so that he is next to. He is behind. Not behind Leah, but positioned so that Leah is between him and the molten mass. Uh, he does not have any mm. more actions to do yet. Okay, uh, I think we're going to go for... Yeah, okay, that makes it uh, Scamp's go. Okay, so he's nowhere near the pillars now, is he? Uh, no, I mean, he's nearish the the pillar with the silver scales, but not right next to it. Uh, I feel like we're not running away from this fight, so I don't need to worry about grabbing things at the moment. Okay, um, <laughs> I will... I'm still invisible, so mm. I will use my final spell... Oh, God. Uh, which is a second level's chromatic orb. Nice. Okay. Kill him. And I... Oh, dear. Oh, no, that's not good on either roll. 15? Just... It, it's, it spirals forward, flickering through the air, and he just manages... Uh, ju it ah. looks like it would hit him, but as it does so, the shadows around him just seem to reach up and bat it to the side. It I smashes into the wall. He's so annoying. Okay, I'm gonna bonus action move a slot. Move some, convert some points into slots. He peers <laughs> over to where you are. Um, and I will move! Just before you move and goes like, there you are. No, I'm not. And then I move. <laughs> <laughs> where do you move to? Um, I don't want to leave him with Leah. Not far, just like a couple of feet in either direction. So if he shoots at where I was, he won't hit me. Okay, I'll say you move up to the pillar where Corzin was taking uh, cover. Then. I was going to say that could be at least partial cover for you. Yeah, sure. You can take cover uh, behind it if you yeah. want. I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> All right. Uh, Celestia. Mm. Ah, damn. I don't know what to do. This is hard, isn't it? Yeah, it doesn't. He doesn't do well with magic, or at least not any of the psychic magic, which is like everything I have. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I'm gonna move round so that I'm not shooting through Leah, yep. obviously, <laughs> and I'm gonna shoot him again with yeah. my gun. Yeah, you move so you got clearer line of sight. Yeah. Roll attack. 
Natural 20. Nice. Oh, damage. Mm. Oh, God, what dice do I not hate? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to roll Sarah's unicorn dice again. Hey. Oh, Sarah. You're going to be so pleased when you listen to this, hun. Um, <laughs> that would be a 10 on the D10. Um, yeah. So that's 12. Which no, means that's, that, that means it's, it's 22. It's 22. Yeah, because it's a crit. Guess how many hit points he has. Please tell oh, me it's yeah. 22. How would you like to finish the glove? Yes, it's not 23. Uh, 23, I was going to kill someone. Is he anywhere near the pile of molten chip? Uh, he positioned himself so that Leah was between him and the molten chip. That's a great place. shame. Um... Oh, I don't think I want to kill him in case Scamp wants to ask him any more questions. I want to give him the it's option, so I'm going, to do, <laughs> I'm going to do a gut shot. Yeah. Um, well, with, that'll kill him just slowly. With the, with the idea that that will kill him slowly. <laughs> slowly. So okay. we might have a few minutes to talk to him if we wanted to. Yeah, you yeah. level your guns to take a shot and <laughs> the bullet <laughs> impacts him in the stomach. I like to think he... it goes all the way through. Yeah, you Ouch. hear the crack of stone behind, you say. Mm. And he, his eyes roll back in his head and he slumps to the ground. Jeffrey, you did so good. <laughs> um, yes, you did. Do, do monkeys usually do this? <laughs> I'm not from round here. He took down a man nearly twice his size. He is has some normal? help from a friend. Oh. Ah. Right. Okay. Useful. That went reasonably well. <sighs> Leo is sort of just like standing in front of him, kicks his, his pistol away and is just holding a small sword down at a point at t- t- near his throat. You, um, all right there, Leo? Wipes a little sweat from her brow. Surprisingly all right, actually. Yeah, you were sort of fucking badass during that. Um. Leah, as not Leah, Clara takes something from her pocket and scatters sand over the flames around her, then begins carefully collecting up what remains of the bone dust. So what do we do here? I didn't kill him because I wanted to give you the opportunity for more questions if you wanted them. Oh, I thought he was dead. I mean, he will be, um, like, pretty soon, but we might have I some time. I can force him to tell the truth if you want. I don't know. Okay, we don't have to. I just wanted to give you the option, mm. that's all. I know that you don't get a lot of opportunities to ask questions about your past. I didn't want to cheat you of one if you wanted it. What if there are answers I don't want? There might well, whether be. You, whether you want them or not, it's up to you. But um, Yeah, I just... I wanted to give you a chance for a decision. That's all. You don't have to. I guess if it's, if it's the truth... I mean, not knowing's not going to make it not true. Well, exactly. It's not, darling, no. I still don't want to know if it's bad. But it could be dangerous to not know. Clearly people 
know stuff that we really should know. Yeah, we might. It might be better if we do. I don't want to put you in danger. Darling, if it's not bad, we'll be here for you. Exactly. And we're, like I said, much past the point where we're, we're in a position to not share each other's dangers anymore. And also, who your family are doesn't actually affect the time that we've spent together, doesn't affect who you are now. Anything that we learn about your past, it's, it's not going to change how we think about you and how we are with you. No, of course not. But, as you say, knowing things is starting to look like it might be safer. Like if we'd known stuff here, we might have been able to avoid killing everyone. You glance back at the smoking halfling corpses. Oh, I feel bad about these guys. I know. But once they've started shooting, really, there's... um. They threw their lot in. Yeah. There's not a lot else to be, do- not a lot else to be done. Okay. So I'm I ended on... them quickly. I'm going to end him slowly if I get the opportunity. He is not making a coward out of me. He's just sort of quietly going... On the ground, barely conscious. Darling, don't follow that train of thought for too long. It doesn't suit you. Mm. And uh, Coulson goes off and starts uh, uh, taking anything of value off the uh, the halflings. Okay. Uh, A lot of what's on the halflings is uh, currently... Well, one one was reduced to ash. Two corpses are half burnt and and moulded in with molten copper. So... Mm. I'm going to say those three, there's not really much of value that you can retrieve. But you are able to retrieve the blunderbuss sacks and uh, I will say actually 18 uh, gold pieces worth of of various coinage, looted coinage, uh, from the one surviving. Well, not surviving, but the one intact halfling corpse. (laughs) Relatively intact. Yeah. There are also the three items on the pedestal, although I will not, uh, I will assume that you will say when you take those. And uh, from Gulo, or possibly Gull himself, you are able to acquire uh, one greater healing potion, the only one he didn't have a chance to use. Oh, fit. Ooh. And uh, a beautifully made, though, uh, a beautifully made uh, pistol. Uh, for the moment, just write down plus one pistol. Who's okay. having it? Probably causing if it's pistol. Uh, yeah, although um, I've already got pistols. You should probably take it. I mean, Scamp, do you want a pistol? No. Okay, I'll. <laughs> I have a pistol. Great. Yeah. Take a plus one pistol. It's very. It's beautifully designed. Maybe Jeffrey could. <laughs> no. And you hear a voice in your head. No, go, the kickback no. and his feet. I mean, it's very pretty. So. Does it have any markings on it? Uh, just some beautiful scroll work. Okay. So he's dying. Right, look at that. So I'd suggest that we tie him up, wake him up, yeah. if we can, ask any questions, kill him, and then take all the stuff. 
I think we worry about the stuff after him because I think he's going to bleed out if we spend ages. Yeah. So. yeah. Clara, Before... who has already uh, stepped forward, uh, uh, passes you a couple of small bottles. Uh, one is just a small bottle full of what seem to be small green rocks, uh, but when she opens them, you immediately catch a powerful scent. Smelling salts for when you want to wake him up. Oh, brilliant. And this is a truth potion. Oh. It's not guaranteed to work. But it, uh, but it helps. Okay. Uh, as well as what I can do, I guess. But One thing, before we take anything off those pedestals, Scamp, if you could um, make sure that it isn't enchanted yeah, or some we'll other Yeah, we'll do that after. This is time-sensitive. Yeah, yeah let's, no, let's talk to him. Oh, yeah, he's, then... he's dying in the next five minutes. You yeah. shot him in the guts. <laughs> that was the plan, though. Like, <laughs> yeah, I want, yeah. I want yeah. him to die. Yeah. I just yeah. don't want it to happen quickly. Like, yeah. Um, maybe the spell would be better because don't you know if it's working? You have a point there, darling. Clara nods. Uh, Can do. A spell is generally superior in that sense, yes. But maybe as a backup, if it doesn't work, that might be good. She nods. Yep. All right. All right. Chorzen um, is going to take the time to uh, cast the Zone of Truth. Okay, while and... you're doing that, uh, Leah t- begins binding him with a rope. Yeah. The ambivalent octopus flies up, sort of spreads out its uh, uh, its tentacles, and you see just a, a vague golden glow appear around a uh, a twenty foot uh, circumference. Mm. The the tentacles are sort of like spread out over the uh, the mm. area of this. Scamp, darling. Mm. Um, just an option. This is sort of your gig, so I want to leave it up to you. But um, I could look in his head. While he's talking, see if I see anything else. Please. That would right. be really good. And I cast Detect Thoughts on him when he wakes up. Okay. As you sort of... Pl- you, put, you put the smelling salts under his nose. <laughs> put my hand to my temple. Purple thread happens. It, it, the purple thread goes out and then just stops at his skull. And you hear a voice in your mind go, Sorry. No such luck. Oof. You are the fucking worst, aren't you? Okay, I can't read his mind. Just throwing that out there. Don't know what he is, but he's something. He says out loud. Well. He kind of looks down, sees you've taken his last healing potion and sort of slumps a little bit. (laughs) You know, I thought it'd be... Well... I thought she'd get me eventually with... I just didn't think it would be you. He seems a little delirious from the blood loss. Gonna roll against the um, Zone of Truth effect. Okay, you sense that he, that the effect has taken. Okay. I just give a nod to the others. Who do you think I am? I think you're Captain Val's child. I thought you were her. But I can see you're. But I think. But you're not. Because if you were that child, you'd be dead. Which child? Why do you think they're dead? Because I strangled that one with my own hands. And threw wow. them into the water. 
Wow. Near the port of Skarl's Cove. How old were they? Barely six months. Maybe. It's a little hazy enough. I was afraid of what they'd become. Do they look like Scamp? The baby. Oh, her though. Little nubby horns, little pink skin, but the horn, the horns match Val's. The horns sort of match Val's as far as I can tell. <clears throat> Best guess, yeah, but I checked. I'm sure I killed that child. And the other one? She said something about another child. Mm. Yeah, couldn't get to that one. Fled. Took one of the skulls before she could hide it. But it's been enough time. Over a decade, time enough for uh, the child to grow up. Could be about your age. You can see his eyes are getting a little bleary. He's starting to go. He's not about to die, but time is limited. The captain, the captain where where is she now? Slide. Not sure. When I sailed with her, she was in Sunder. Fled here because I didn't think she'd come back to the old world. Do you have a name for the other child? No. Either of them. Began with a V. Victory? Maybe. Kind of hard to remember. Don't remember the first one. Got to it before it could get old enough to be given a name. Probably would have done now. Why were you frightened of what it would become? She wanted to try to. You can't. You can't have sorcerers there. If they would have. Sorcerer under her control. She could, she planned to do great things, terrible things. She wanted freedom, freedom at any cost. His eyes are growing more distant now. It's not clear whether he's 
even aware that he's really talking to you anymore. Is she a monster? <sighs> she's... She's someone to be admired. Beautiful. Terrible. Driven. She is one of those people who wants to change the world. I guess those people are all a little monstrous. I just... I just wanted to get rich, drink fine wines, <laughs> have good food and good company. <laughs> you know, the things a pirate really wants. But I guess I didn't. His voice drifts away. Dead. He's stopped moving. You get the, kind of wave a hand in front of it, and yeah, he seems to have passed away. As he does so, Celestia and Corzin, a soft purple mist that only you can see begins to rise out of his body. Oh, something's happening. And your spirits both react and those both uh, and the ambivalent octopus sort of swims forwards through the air rests and plants itself on his chest while the uh, while the rainbow spirit begins circling and spinning in the air around him as both of them start to draw in the purple mist to your eyes both of them seem to become small solid a little more real a little more vibrant in the colours of the spirit, and when that and once those that all of that essence has gone, the pair of them both return to your sort of shoulders. That was fucking weird. I'd say to the ambivalent octopus, "Feel better for that." The octopus sort of shrugs, <laughs> but you get you get almost a sense in your mind, not really words, but an intention of yes. Oh. All right. I'm going to sort of stir the rainbow spirit with my hand. You can just faint, doing. You faintly almost he- feel the same intention in your mind. Not words, but... <laughs> oh, you didn't do that before. <laughs> well, that's new. Corson, has that happened to you before? No. Nope, me neither. It has. It's all a little bit fucked up, really, isn't it? Well, well we just don't know. Confused. <laughs> Sorry, spirits went weird. Oh. Yeah. Are they he, okay? He, yeah. Good, actually. Fine, he, as far as I can tell. He had a really big purple spirit in him, and our spirit sort of ate it when he died. It was all a bit disturbing, but now they're a bit brighter. Um, it was very weird. Okay. Also, Rainbow Spirit just laughed. 
It's never done that before. It's mm. Really weird. Really, really weird. <sighs> Leah glances down at the body. Well. He was a prick, wasn't he? I know, yes. right? Let's see if he has a, a, a key or that ring on him so we can get out of here. We should also um, have a look at these three pedestals, my darling, before we go anywhere. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, yes. Give me ten minutes. Yeah, I'll let's let's give it ten magic. minutes and let you do the thing. Yeah, you spend. My only thought is it's not going to uh, do us any good to get uh, the stuff off the pedestals if we can't get out of here. I suppose while Scamp's doing detect magic, okay. go for it, darling. Yeah. There is a gentle yep. clinking sound as the metal begins to cool in the room. The room is very uncomfortably warm now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, give me an investigation check with advantage as you search the room. Me? Yeah. Okay, cool. Because Celestia's helping. Yeah, I'll help. I'll say Leo's advantage. As well. That's very useful. Still not great, though. It's a seven total. Okay. After Scamp has finished and what follows, it takes you another two hours of searching before you find the fine sort of uh, cracks and marks in one of the marble freezers. And you realise that a sort of false door has been installed in part Mm. of the side. And as you sort of, it takes some effort to pull it open and away, you can see that uh, that uh, that a passage just sort of wide enough and uh high enough to uh, to to walk through somewhat awkwardly um are mm. uh, is enough that it, it exists that kind of runs back and then upwards allowing allowing you uh, it seems that yes uh the glutton installed his own entrance to this looking at the at the stru- at the walls you can see they're not hewn but the stone here is kind of soft and glassy as if it was melted away Okay. Interesting. Um, But that's something you discover after a solid hour. Ages. Like solid two hours of searching. So while you're still searching around, Scamp, you finish your your, uh, chalk drawings and begins looking at the room. First of all, I forgot, I didn't really mention it because you didn't look for it, but. um, you know that uh, those that the, oh yeah he does have um, he does have one ring on his uh, finger. Uh, the others the other rings were apparently a result of uh, whatever illusion that um, he cast to create the form of Destin Sukalin, right? Which he never actually uh, touched. Is the thing that's worth noting. Mm. Oh, what did we touch? You never touched Destin when you spoke with him, so you no, ne- so you never got the tactic. You never uh, there were never any tactile clues. Um, uh. He does have one ring on him. It, like the ring you have, is a perfectly mundane pearl-topped uh, ring, uh, gold ring. Each of which is worth uh, thirty gold pieces. That's so annoying. Yep, I hate it. <laughs> it was never magical. Oh god, it was just a lie. The worst person in um, the world. He does have his purse on him as well, uh, in which you find uh, there are uh, there is yeah okay there, uh, there he has uh, just some uh, uh, just some straight up gold uh, fifty one pieces of uh, 
just gold in there. Cool. Okay. Uh, just for whatever he decided to carry with him. Um, he doesn't seem to have much else in the way of objects or items. The The fancy pistol is not magical in any way. Uh, it's just a very nice, well-made pistol. Mm-hmm. Although he seemed to be uh, just using it to cover how he was casting his magic. Uh, the three items on the pedestals, one of them is not magical. The silver skin, uh, uh, scaled skin. Interesting. Uh, it, uh, I will allow anyone to make a nature check to try and identify it. However. Yeah, go on then. Doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's not bad. Okay, 22. <laughs> 17. Five. You have, yeah, Corson, you're pretty sure what this is. And Celestia, you've actually seen some of this on a wall once uh, as a sort of wall hanging uh, it, 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 by an expensive, you know, taken, I think it was in, possibly in the Hanali mansion at one point while you were visiting. Mm-hmm. Um, this is dragon skin. Oh. Oh. Cool. <laughs> uh, from quite a quite a mature dragon like you know at least a hundred years old Mm -hmm. Uh, so not like a not like because you you often get especially after a worm flight like like the thinner less developed sort of wormling skin which is uh caught in great number as people uh, slay dragons to prevent what happens when large amounts of dragons get old this is from an older dragon Mm -hmm. and is consequently still quite flexible and uh, and soft but provides wood, if fashioned into clothing or armour, uh, provide a hearty amount of protection. Oh, it will provide AC bonuses. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that is so, right. so helpful. Yeah. <laughs> We've got to get this to fighting. Uh, yeah, we really do. The other two, um, you can see there is a soft sort of glow of uh, necromancy theme t- t- attuned magic around the Jar of Preservation. Uh, the object inside seems to emit a faint transmutation glow, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, the little thumb piece. But beyond that, that's the level of magic there. Um, can I touch the gem to it to see if it's the right one? You she do, gets gem. and the gem bing, lights up. Which means it's the right one. It is the correct one. However, okay. it's kind of hard to see all of this because of the blazing light coming from the uh, to your eye scamp from the uh, the j- blue gemstone. Uh, wow. It is an almost piercingly bright uh, uh, sense of divination magic. Mm. Oh. Is it trapped? I... And there is also um... just a if you check it quietly in your own, there is a small kind of hard to define illumination around the skull you have acquired you can no sign of magical traps on the pedestals though uh the pedestals are completely unmagical there's no sign of magical traps nothing magical i'll have a look for boring ones i don't see any boring ones (laughs) (laughs) i think that's a three you look for hidden wires and so on you don't seem to see anything i'm a bit distracted I'm no, going to go fair. wander around the other rooms that are open and look, see if there's anything else. Uh, right, the darling. only other room that is open at the moment is the uh, is the uh, the painting room, but you are able to look around there. Yeah, Once I'm again, the... Go sit in there. Yeah, <laughs> take a sit in there. You're going to sit in there with your skull, is that what you're going to do? <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. Excellent. We should, take, uh, we should take the paintings off the wall from in there. They'll uh, sell for a reasonable amount. 
yes, it's actually worth mentioning the, um, the, the, the copper. It's no longer molten. It's now, it's now cool, cooler, still a little warm to the touch mm. where you to touch it. Uh, the top, the top crust of it has melted to, has like formed a solid mass. There are still coins beneath. There is approximately two tons of copper here. We can't move that, though, can um, we? It's it's now a lot harder to move. If you were able to move it, it would have. Causing you're aware of the price of copper, uh, like uh, uh, in the harbour, it right. it could be worth a good two grand. We so can't move but it. But you would though. like, yeah, you would need wheelbarrows. You would need people. I mean, you need people to break up that top crust. If you could do all of that and get it into a ship, you could acquire two times worth of copper. Okay, Coulson is going to consider this for a few moments. Um, and then uh, he's going to say, we'd need a crew of people in here. I mean, it's already as... Uh, as hot as a mead nourished sauna in here. We can't move melty only... copper with four of us, darling. Yeah, that's my point. Unless we could, like, melt it into ingots, but... Nah. Even the larger paintings in the next room, you'll you'll need. That's like none of them are s- small enough to fit into a pack, apart from the ones you've already taken. So those are things that would have to be come back for. Um, the good news is, if you can figure out a way, if you can get out of this vault, and it's about this point that you you discover the hidden passageway. <laughs> oh, good! I was getting yeah. worried. Uh, <laughs> then you know what the combinations are to open it from the other side. Nice. Yeah, we got the right. room down actually. Yeah. Um, I think as and when we contact uh, Captain Briggs, we've got to at least make him aware of this. Well, and then for the he future. can have the final. Yeah. Well, and then he can have uh, the final decision as to whether or not uh, we raid it. We've got everything we can reasonably carry here, I think. Yeah. He doesn't need to know about those specifically, but. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think we should probably just take the eye thing and not tell him because I think that's disturbing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, what? I mean, hell, we've been going on and on about something that stops people scrying, um, and that is what Olga did with her eye thing, isn't it? So potentially that could be useful. While you're, you guys are sort of searching through and having this discussion, Scamp, <laughs> you are sat on your own. Well, not exactly on your own, with Jeffrey. <laughs> he's just sort of... <laughs> with the monkey with the sword, just make, making every moment ridiculous. He's, he's, he's using the sword to crack open peanuts. <laughs> and oh, Jeffrey. Scarily clever. <laughs> um, and... That's tool using. That's that's advanced that's, that's, for a monkey. Yeah. That's unusual. <laughs> friend is having a weird influence. Mm. Speaking of which, friend speaks to you. Hello. Hello. That um I think the best way to explain this is That is what might have happened if you'd accepted me as a slave instead of a friend. I don't want to do that. Okay. 
I wouldn't ask you to do something you didn't want to do. But what I mean to say is... I don't... There are holes, things that are difficult to recall, but I don't know that I ever had a friend before you. And travelling with you, watching everything, I guess maybe you've taught me a lot of what being a friend means. I wouldn't do that as as we are as our friendship goes I wouldn't do that to Jeffrey the way that what Lux did thank you because that cat that cat thing died really easily it wasn't that good it didn't look happy there is something I can do and Jeffrey now considers you enough his friend. I'd I like just to, want to say be his that, friend. but a friend in the way that a pet befriends their owner. That I can do this if you allow me to. If you would permit it, I can ask Jeffrey to let me share the use of his body. He wouldn't go away, I wouldn't suppress him. But I can borrow his form. Only if he's okay with it. I've been looking out for Jeffrey for a while now. You got him a nice sword. <laughs> yes, maybe one day I'll. You know what? No, I'm never going to tell you about that. The about Jeffrey's day out. That that that's <laughs> no bad memories. <laughs> I've seen some shit. <laughs> <laughs> but can can you tell Jeffrey if he? If he ever wants to leave, he doesn't want to stay, he, he can. One He's moment. not a prisoner. Jeffrey sort of... <laughs> tilts his head, looks up at you. <laughs> gathers a handful of the shelled nuts and sort of holds them up to your face. Thank you. I'm going to eat one of the nuts. <laughs> He then shoves the rest of them into his mouth and carries on <laughs> shelling nuts. Do you know anything about about the other skulls? About what happened? I'm piecing more together. Was I strangled and thrown in the harbour? Or did I lose all my memories? Because either option's terrible. Or am I someone else? Is this a coincidence? (sighs) 
I don't know. But I think the, I think the thing in the next room could tell you. But it is dangerous. The skull thing? No, the eye. The eye thing? Oh. I don't know was... what that is, but I get a feeling from it. I was going to try identifying it. Would that be a bad idea? Learning more about it, I don't think, will hurt you, but it is a thing that wants to see. I think I died once. I'm not sure, but I think I did. It may have been before I met you. Just before. We were all unconscious, but I feel like maybe... I'm not sure, but it felt like I died. Hmm. And then I wasn't dead. So maybe I... I don't know. The weird thing happened. The one that makes unicorns and beards. Yes. I... I don't think I... What I am, what we are, I can't really nod to anything, but those of us who are here were spirits. We can't die, but we can forget. And the one in this other skull, does it remember things? I think it remembers more or different parts of what I do. I feel like I feel like we're connected in some way. I think that's why we can usually feel each other unless we're hiding, which I think she was doing on purpose. Because now what that happens she... if I use her skull, would you go away or can you both be here? We can both be here. I think that she in her state now is a little bit like what's in the other one that spirit the one in the skull you found in the in the forest oh she's not as together after that when you put some of yourself into a form and that form gets killed it puts you through a bit of a shock so to speak. It takes a little while to... And you... If you have something like these, like these skulls, it can help keep you you. But... It can leave you stunned for a time. And if Be you... Be careful. I it, don't want to lose you like that. I think you're kind of... I think you are close to the limit of what you can hold a direct connection to. If you give me to Jeffrey, then you will be able to maintain that connection to both the sleepy one, for want of a better term, and Lux. And the cloak you wear. Otherwise, 
you will only really, I think you can only really maintain about three of those connections at a time. And are you taking up one of those connections? I am. It's one of the things <laughs> that allows me to uh, speak to you. Well, like I should this. have written that down at some point. I'm. <laughs> DM note, I'm pretty sure uh, that Friend's Skull is attunement. It requires attunement. Uh, I will just I double never check. wrote it down as that, but it Sorry, may well uh, be the case. Let me just double check, because if it's not, then maybe maybe this doesn't actually use up an attunement slot and you're fine. Let's find his original notes. <laughs> Too many notes. How far do I have to go back? Oh, you Where have to go this? back to the Sauerginskat camp. I think that I might be looking at notes for the wrong campaign now. Good, good. Um, oh, wow. Here we go. Oh, actually, no. Sorry. No. Friends doesn't actually require take up a tumor slot. <laughs> oh, good. I don't want to lose friends. <laughs> okay, but... Hmm. No, then again, I'm never... You don't exert the same control over me that you that you need to exert over the slumbering one so maybe you could just about manage both of them I wouldn't want to lose you no, or any of what we've got I'll still be it's here it's not worth it I could no no it's not really is it it's better to be together I don't want to be a crazy, powerful sorcerer. I'd rather just be with my friends. Hmm. Yes. Let's be with friends. Okay, let's have a look at this skull then. All right. You kind of roll the skull between your fingers. Are you doing you're doing identification rituals while the others are searching for Um Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Roll it between your fingers then. I will pass you a uh, I will pass you some stats now. Ooh. Um, through the power of the internet. Through the power <laughs> of the internet, you get a sense that um, <laughs> Yeah, these powers will require you to con- uh, to connect uh, in some way with it. This, this is an attunement item. Uh, yeah. And then, where? Which fills out my slots. Yeah. Ah, here we go. Yeah, they got it. Right, I'm just going to copy this uh, into the chat. Well, not into the main chat. Into... Secrets! Actually, close that. Do you, I'm actually going to send this to you via via Discord. If you can reach no. that, or is it easier to get for you? Uh, I can't reach it until we take a break. Okay, in that case, I will send it to you over the. Uh, I'll send it to you now. I just closed that to avoid getting annoying notifications. <laughs> oh, the uh, oh, the powers of technology! Internet. <laughs> oh, the limited <laughs> powers of technology. Yeah. However, I will send that uh, to you in a moment, uh, and uh, as you mull upon that, we return to the other room. Uh, so the pair or well the remaining four have been sort of uh, sitting around at this point it's like oh there we go we've got a there's there's a passageway oh I was really starting to panic there I can't pretend otherwise glad we found a way Useful. out hmm alright so what do we do with this eye thing well first things first and uh, Corzin goes over to the um, uh, the pillar that it's on and... Oh, maybe we should get Scamp to take a look at it. 
Like, yeah, that's not a bad before idea. Before you actually. touch it, they can tell stuff about what it does, just in case. I don't know. I'm really paranoid that you're gonna like shrivel up like a raisin or something as soon as you touch it. I don't know. <laughs> it's been a long day, Corton. <laughs> I mean, not that that makes any sense, but what has since we got in here? Exactly, uh, though. Like, I'm I'm just worried about any of us touching it before we actually know what it is, because maybe it's a secret hag thing and only hags can touch it. I don't know, but I mean, if we can use it for ourselves, it could be really useful because. Everybody ever is scrying on us, and it mean it means that we can't scry on Olga. That's a point. If um, it's the same thing, so. Clara, did Olga mention anything at all about this? She doesn't really talk about it. Um, I think she she hasn't. I've asked her, but she doesn't really answer questions about it directly. I just know that she can use it usually a few times a day and it takes her usually about 20 minutes or so when she does because she has something like this doesn't she she has something exactly like that although hers is mounted into a chain so she can wear it as a necklace right mm. yeah i'm just i'm just my my spider senses are tingling and i just feel like maybe we should get the magic person to have a look at it before we touch it i feel weird Nope, that's fair enough, that's fair enough. Uh, during which time, then, uh, I am going to just check where this passage out leads. Uh, okay. You, and I'll come back. You scramble up. It, it winds a little bit, um, and it branches at one point. Uh, one uh, edge, you can see, leads up to a ladder, which has been laid up, and investigating the top of it, you find stacks and stacks of... Uh, just dry biscuits, bags of flour, sacks <laughs> of oats, and you realise you are in Destin's pantry. Oh, thank the regent. The <laughs> other seems to be a much longer tunnel, and you don't really have time to explore that quickly. All right, well, we'll check that in a uh, in a little while, and um, Corson is just going to... Um, Grab one of the biscuits off the uh, uh, shelf, eat it, and then take some down for the others. Uh, as you return, Scamp will say that you've come back in at this point. Yeah. How... And you want, want any actually decent biscuits? Fuck yes. <laughs> All the biscuits. Yes, absolutely. Um, Scamp, darling, how are you doing? I'm fine. Okay. Do you want to talk about it? Are you Okay. <laughs> Do you need anything? No, I don't know. Okay. I mean, well, I'm not. I'm not good. This is fair, <laughs> to be honest. We've been through a lot today. Yeah. It's been a big one. Yeah. Um, if we could beg just one more favor off you before we finally hopefully get out of here yeah me the, look at uh, the creepy eye yeah, yeah. But yeah. That, are you alright do you need a hug or anything I don't know I don't know what to do in these situations hugs are good okay come here <laughs> Coulson gives them a hug uh-huh. you've been doing bloody bloody brilliantly you really have and if you ever do want to talk about any of that, we're here. If you don't, we're still here. And wherever you fit into that story, we're still here. 
Exactly. You think he strangled me as a baby? I think he might have strangled you as a baby. I know that's not what you want to hear, but I really think he might have strangled you as a baby, which is horrifying. Am I that scary that you'd strangle me as a baby? Um, bear in mind, this is a massive cunt we're talking about. That's not like a normal yeah. person that strangled you as a baby. Like, yeah, he was, it was bonkers. Cl- Clara kicks his cooling corpse pointedly. Yeah, exactly. I say looking at Clara kicking the corpse. <laughs> but, like, it's not like a random person off the street came and strangled you. He had a massive vendetta against your maybe mother and saw you as related to her. He didn't just... But she's a monster. Yeah, but you're, you're not. You're not a monster. And the person who would strangle a uh, six-month-old uh, child absolutely is. Sweetheart, I'm going to crouch down to Scamp's level, look in their eyes and just go, not to get too heavy here, but if people who have monsters for parents are monsters, then uh, I'm a monster too. So oh, let's not start that. applying this logic. <laughs> did, you just, did you just call me a fucking monster? <laughs> no, no, I didn't mean it. And you're I'm a little alone. shit, but you're not a monster. Clara <laughs> says, you kind of did just call her a monster. <laughs> I did, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. I know you didn't, it's okay. But my point is, if we start applying that logic, we have to discount a lot of people as not worth anything because of who their parents are. And I just don't think it's something we should do. And I don't think it's fair. And I don't think it's fair that you're doing it to yourself. So, stop it. Yeah. Okay. For what it's yeah. worth, I think the two of you are fine examples of uh, people who have grown far beyond what the circumstances of their birth were. Thank you. Thank you. That was unexpectedly sweet. <laughs> well, it's true, isn't it? <laughs> Hope so one day, yep. <laughs> well, you, you couldn't be here if you hadn't. True. How on earth did I... Oh, not Earth, whatever this planet is. <laughs> How on the world? <laughs> <laughs> that's, the the pla- that's the name of the planet, of course it is. How on earth? It's in the theme tune, babe. It's been a long day. <laughs> it's been a long imaginary day. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. How, but how did I not die from being strangled and dropped in some water? Well, assuming that that was you, could it possibly be the um, uh, the the random magic effect that happens sometimes? Yeah, or I'm the other one that ran away, and there's a dead baby in that harbour. <sighs> disturbing thought, but Both in any case, thought. you're here now, and that's what matters. Yeah. My money's on you're the baby. Because you were in Scowl's Cove for a reason you can't remember. Mm. True. One thing I've learnt from hanging around with both of you is that strange stuff can happen. It certainly can, yes. Stranger than any of us can really understand. Mm. The thought of, you know, somebody coming back to life like that is crazy, but not not out of the realms of possibility. Especially with well, your before... random magic stuff. What if that's where it started, you know? 
what if he thought he'd killed you and then, you know, some magic happened and you lived? Huh. I don't know if this is better or worse. Do you need another hug or some chocolate or something? Because, like, this is I'm really harrowing. I'm the creepy <laughs> eye because I, I need to be not here, maybe. Okay. Okay. Maybe let's let's get stuff done and then just get out of here because I, I think this is not yeah. great. You're right. You take ten minutes to focus on the eye and draw your talk around it and you get a sort of rush of senses and guesses but they are there's so much information it's not complete i'm going to send you something now uh sadly the formatting is not preserved through this uh, version but it should still all make sense And, I have a million questions. And I'll leave you <laughs> As to, do I. To, to explain that to the rest of the party. Ooh! Hello! <laughs> yes! <laughs> wow! Okay. That's always a good reaction. Ooh! Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> what is it, darling? These are... I'm assuming scamps make really those sounds. It's really scary. It's really scary, okay. but really fun. Um, I can't use this. Okay, I've got too much going on. What does, What does it do? You gotta so you gotta like connect to it. And I, I, friend says I've got too many of those going on already. Okay, but what, what <laughs> what's mean, it for? Lots of really fun stuff. But the one that we could really use is it makes you smart. <laughs> Because we're not. Hmm. We're so not smart. What kind of... Out of character, what kind of smart does it make uh, you? It sets your... Uh, 19. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. 19 smart. Wow. Intelligence. Okay. Yeah. What, right. what about the scrying stuff? Does it make you unscryable? Because Olga looked back. Is that a thing? Yeah. You can look forward too. Wow. As in see the future? Um, I mean, it cannot work. Like, there might be consequences or side effects, but... Yeah. But it, it oh. makes you unscriable. Oh, you can also see an object's past. Oh, That is actually really useful. That could be really helpful for Quilena. Yeah, yeah, it really can. Yeah, that could be really good for Quilena. Um, you can only use it three times a day. Mm-hmm. But there's right. a couple of things it can do. And it helps you not be seen by scrying. It's not guaranteed, but it helps. Anything is uh, That's amazing. desirable at this point. Um, That's so good. <laughs> what's the range of it? Is it like a specific person that can I be scrying? I think it's the on? person who it's connected to. All right. But I mean... I don't want to be a dick here, but everyone fucking scries on me because I'm shit, or it's my family. So yeah, because your family want. Yeah, no, you should, you should use this. Is it worth me having it? Cause and what? Do you, yeah, like, would I you mean, be okay quite... with that? What do you think? If well, 
while it is useful for uh, any of us to be able to literally have the ability to see the future, I think, yeah, you're right. If if there's one person we don't want uh, scryed on, it's you. Well, we know that Olga has my hair and she keeps using it. Yes. And, yeah. and she keeps doing it to me because she knows I'm shit at resisting it. Mm. And we know that yeah. my family is looking at us all the time. This could be really Again, good. specifically you or all of us? You have to do it on one person. That's how scrying works. And they think I'm a dwarf. Personal location. Yeah, or a location. Well, they don't have... I mean, yeah. or a location, but they don't have a location. Yeah. So they'd right. be doing it on me to try and find me. Because they know most about you. So. All right, yeah. no, I think uh, you should probably have this then. Is that all right with everyone? Yeah. Okay. Also, it will go really well with your investigation checks and jack of all trades. Oh, so good! <laughs> I mean, I'm so happy. Yeah. Like out of character stuff, that's really good. <laughs> yeah, out of character wise, it makes the most sense, but also in character wise, it makes the most sense because everyone fucking scries on me. <laughs> so, yeah. And I'm really like I'm so bad at resisting it that I can't even imagine how much we've been scryed on in this campaign. <laughs> like, I'm so so much. I hear Jason rolling dice behind the screen sometimes, and I'm like, I'm I know. That you're like that you're scrying right now. I can feel it. Um, Out but... of character clarification, though, yeah. If uh, Corzin were to uh, cast Primeval Awareness again, would this thing always massively ping up right next to him? Um, because I'm gonna that's going like, to be an issue if you, we're looking for any of the others. You prob- you would guess that yeah, probably like this, like you'll be it. It, it will if you are within uh, if Celestia attains to this and you're within a mile of it. Or, or six miles if you're on the coast, then it will you will always get that sense. Mm. Well, I'll but know where sense... she is if we ever get um, yeah. separated. <laughs> yeah, true. Also, out of character for a second, you'd sense if there was more than one. Yeah, so we have stated that you yeah. can sense multiple times yeah, because so you sense when the kraken. Up. You sense when the kraken turned up. It wouldn't fuck up if we yeah. were looking for something. Yeah. Fair, cool. True. Okay. Just wanted to clarify that. God, Celestia, but intelligent. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> All right. Do you reach for it? Yeah, fuck it. Okay, as you Do reach it. out and touch it, you just feel a rush of power from this thing. Just like a surge running down your arm. And it's the strangeness. It feels like you're going to... The, the power is unsteady and strange. You'll need to take some time to meditate upon this. To, to really figure it out. But just by being in here, it feels like some things are getting clearer, easier to understand. Yeah, there's. it feels like you're, like that right in your hand is a connection to something vast. Wow, this is really powerful. Fuck. Yeah, um, while you concentrate on it. I'm going to stay close by just in case it makes uh, you go crazy. There might be <laughs> side effects. Clara, causing with your passive insight, you see Clara is just sort of staring watching this whole thing. Uh, yeah, and, I was worried about that. And Leah says, um, you said you found the pantry. Can we do that upstairs? Yeah, let's eat something. I say a bit like out of it, like just yeah. holding onto this. Yeah. Oh, and uh, what about those two things? She points to the uh, jar. At, oh, you've already picked up the jar. I think we already picked those you up. Picked up we? the jar. Okay, and you've picked up the yeah. dragon skin, right? Yeah, the, the taking that one. All right, then let's uh, let's get something to eat. And as you make your way up towards the pantry, we are going to take a break. So uh, we will return 
after a little something to eat from Destin's uh, dry stores in the pantry, <laughs> and these, no doubt important, messages. If you like Flintlocks and Fireballs, you can listen to us through the free, easy-to-use app PodCoin and get paid to listen to our podcast and every other podcast. When you listen to a podcast through the platform, you'll get PodCoin. You can spend PodCoin on Amazon or Starbucks gift cards, or you can just donate it all to charity, which is what we do. If you listen to podcasts anyway, do it through PodCoin and you can help out someone else at no cost to yourself. So, download the PodCoin app on iPhone or through the App Store on Android and you'll get 300 PodCoin off the bat with the invite code FLITLOCKS. PodCoin is the podcast player that pays. And now a word from our friends over at the D&D Grandma and the family that games together. I think whatever aggravates me in real life... I can take it out in the game. There is no word that I can sufficiently find in the English language to describe the feeling of putting your world and your story out there and watching your family bring it to life. And I attribute it to, of course, uh, my children, of course, to this game, and of course, to all the love that's on this table. That's a wonderful answer. And if you could see it, everybody is holding hands and hugging. I believe there's Kumbaya being sung faintly in the background. (laughs) (laughs) The D&D Grandma and the Family That Games Together, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast starring the D&D Grandma, her children, and her children-in-law. New episodes every Sunday on all your favorite podcatchers. Thank you, and keep on rolling. In life... I liked good food, good drink, and good company. But in death, all I have to console me is liking, rating, reviewing, and subscribing to Flintlocks and Fireballs, telling my fellow ghost friends, leaving reviews on iTunes, and drinking cold, cold coffee. And welcome back. So... You clamber up the strangely smooth and slippery rock passageway up and reach the point where it diverges and branches off. Rather than taking the long, uh, straight path, you continue upwards until you find a ladder which leads up into the back of Destin Suit Colleen's extensive halfling pantry. Helping yourself to the remaining dry goods there, You make your way out and find that you more or less have free run of the house. It's in reasonably good condition. A lot of things, uh, it it looks like a lot of what was here uh, has already been looted. Um, There's occasional bits of silverware and so on. But uh, the comfortable uh, settees, the cushions, the bed are all still intact. Uh, And... Honestly, like a lot of the upper rooms are very, very chintz heavy uh, (laughs) as well. But it is, as with the rest of the, uh, as with the the rest of the expansive townhouse, ridiculously uh, decorated. So. Well, he didn't scrimp on comfort, did he? Yeah, it's pretty fucking fancy. I'm just going to say, I'm knackered. Should we have a rest? Yeah, yeah. Um, If you are going to focus on that there eye and connect properly, 
Tell me when you're doing it. I just want to keep an eye on you. Okay. Um, I was thinking of doing it sort of immediately, so do you want to come? Yeah. There's something I uh, wanted to have a word with you about in private, if you don't mind. Okay. Well, I guess we go... We... Okay. Go off to a side somewhere. Yeah, uh, you you and uh, Corzin pop into um, one of. It, it's curious. Uh, this is a sitting room. Um, it's it's halfling sized, but, but there is uh, there there is one human sized chair in there that you can sit in. Uh, the walls are covered with beautifully uh, painted little uh, china dishes with images of adorable looking dogs. Uh, there's a mixture of lap dogs oh. and uh, classic halfling riding dogs. Is it like Umbridge's office? It's very much dogs. like that, but with dogs. Yeah. And they don't that's creepy. Oh, it's kind of. Oh, I don't know if it's worse or better if they don't move. Nope, can't work <laughs> it out. Still terrible either way, but kind of. Crocheted like everything as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. You, you, this is the lot. Yeah. You take a sit yeah. down in the dog room. Okay. That's a lot of dogs. Yeah, Sorry, makes distracted a... by the talks. What did you want to talk to me about? No, it's all right. Um, it's just... Look, I know we're uh, trying to do right by uh, by Clara here, but her eyes were fixed on that... Uh, that Eye of the Storm. I'm not saying that uh, she's... Uh, she's about to do something, but I think, given what we know about her, it would be foolish to assume that she isn't at least tempted to have that away. Yeah, that's fair. So we've got to make um, what precautions we can in order to uh, to ensure that doesn't happen. Like what? Because even if she isn't... <sighs> I mean, you've still got to... Uh, fully work out how to use it, but I think it would be um, it would be advantageous if uh, you kept that in I mean, do we still have um, the uh, any of the, the lock boxes we use from when I we were going into I can't keep it in a lead the... box because then I can't use it, darling mm. <laughs> I'll keep it on my person I think that would be wise. Inside and don't pockets, let it out of your sight. That kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't let it out of your sight. I'll be careful. I, I don't want to believe that um, uh, Clara's that far gone, but given what we've already seen... She's... I don't, I don't think want to she's put fully... temptation in her way either. I don't think she's um, fully down the road yet, as it were, but I also think that she is desperate. Yeah. And you have a point, and I'll keep an eye out. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind about um, uh, Scamper Leo knowing about this, but you understand why I had to uh, speak to you in private about this. Yeah, of course. No, right. sensible. Um, right. We should be careful. Are you okay with me keeping this? I know it's a cracker's yes. eye, and um, they're not your favourite thing, to put it mildly. <laughs> well, no, quite. But um, to be honest, I I'm happy knowing it is in our 
for want of a better term, uh, a possession rather than in anybody else's hands. Yeah. And very much like for it to stay that way. Yeah. What what, what uses we can uh, we can put it to? We'll figure out later. But um, so long as I know that we have it, I'm sleeping sounder. Yeah, better us than someone like Olga, hey? Precisely. Right. I'm going to go and spend some time with this thing and see if I can figure out how it works. Good, good. I'll uh, do my best to ensure you have some privacy. <laughs> nah, Scamp's going to be there if you want to be there too. It's not the end of the world, darling. It's all right. But, Fair um, enough. Let's go and fucking eat something and chill out for a bit. <laughs> I'm knackered. Yeah. Let's see if there's any uh, jerky left in the pantry. Yeah, there must be something. <laughs> there isn't jerky. There are legs of cured, like, sort of, you know, the classic sort of three months hung and aged hands. The ones uh, that are almost translucent. They're, they're kind of translucent. The, the I hope fancy. this isn't stereotyping, my darling, I said cousin. But halflings really don't fuck about with food, do they? <laughs> no, we don't. It's great, but <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> Considering well, just he ju- lived here, as far as I'm aware. You you also well, discover it... the, the, the buttery where all the wine bottles are. <laughs> oh, we hmm. could get pissed. Was... Well, <laughs> if you have the we... sort of money he has, it pays to be prepared, doesn't it? Yeah, true. I'm going to look at the eye and then maybe have a drink. I don't think I should look <laughs> at this trunk. Some, even even I think that's dumb. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I, I go find Scamp and say, oh, I'm going to do this now if you want to um, be around. Yes, please. Okay. Cool, let's at least find some comfy armchairs. I mean, there are so there many. There are very comfy <laughs> armchairs. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, as you settle down in them, Scamp, are you also tuning to uh, Lux's skull at the same time? Not the same time. I okay. want to watch just in case there's there is like not to meta game, but in case there's a saving throw. I'm just looking in case yeah. there are consequences for tuning. Like if it looks like she's losing a fight, I want to know. Okay. Yeah. So we don't want more problems that we can deal with at once. Yeah. Celestia, mm-hmm. you settle down in the comfy armchair, slightly sinking into it. Yay. <laughs> and. Um, begin turning the gemstone around in your thing between your fingers it is about the size of a human eye uh, and it is carved out of a single sphere of a light blue uh, gemstone with a natural sort of dark floor that runs down the center in a way that is reminiscent of an eye uh, the type of stone itself is called hawk's eye. It's a uh, similar type of mineral to tiger's eye, but blue. Mm-hmm. And as you run it between your fingers, you can still feel that strange power from it. And you can feel that there's almost a sort of ebb and flow to it. And as you stare into it, rolling it, you feel that ebb and flow rush forward, backwards, in and out, like the tide. And you feel it sort of... It's almost like you can peer through it. 
You feel your, your mind start to stretch out, drifting on that tide. Here, still with you, but growing further and further away. And, and it's much like looking into the ocean. You get a growing sense of something vast unfathomably vast that stretches out far beyond your own tiny scope but as you stare into it it's almost as if you can feel your own scope expand to meet it as if you can feel your awareness spread flowering, growing, stretching out to accommodate the tide. You feel as if you are coasting on the surface of a great sea of knowledge. And just by being there, it's enough to almost tap into it, as if it's there, ready to be called on at any time. Your thoughts grow clearer. It become some part of you feels like certain tasks, certain things will become become simpler for you. It's easier to remember things from the past, and you know that you can dive into that sea and try and stare at what lies beneath. Kind of blink, and you realise that you are just, that the, um, the sort of, the iris, the slit of the eye is now just facing at you. You're just holding it in your hands and staring into it. Before you close your hand around it, and you feel that connection stabilised. Not a bad three of not a bad three or four minutes. Scamp Celestia has been has just was rotating this in, their, in her hands for about five ten minutes and then has just sto stopped and been staring at this thing solidly for the better part of an hour. Okay, <laughs> an hour. Well, that's not worrying. <laughs> Do I wake up at this point? Yeah. yeah. The, the, like, and then at the end of, the, of this hour, she just sort of folds her hand around the, the stone. Oof. You alright? Still in there? Yep, still here. Well, that was an exciting few minutes. Um, That was an hour. What? You've been gone <laughs> yeah. an hour. Wow. Okay. This feels really big. Everything feels really big. Still feel like you? Yep. I mean, you might be slightly smarter I now. I mean, I feel amazing. That's all your dumbness going away. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is really clear. There was a lot of dumbness. <laughs> <laughs> I give him a light whack on the horn and like an affectionate one. <laughs> You're the worst. Ooh. But you're alright, aren't you? 
yeah, I feel really weird. Um, but I'm okay. I'm not... I don't feel any... Well, I feel different, but I don't feel like not me. I just okay. feel like everything is bigger and sharper and... And I can remember things from my lessons that I couldn't remember before. Leah's gonna shit herself. Um, <laughs> I feel really weird. Okay. Okay. It's gonna take some getting well, used to. That's a powerful to. one, Gon. I'll focus on mine. I'm sure nothing will go wrong. <laughs> okay. Do you want a guard <laughs> while you do that? Um, I think I can bend reality to make things better for other people, so... I don't think you'll be able to help. No, but I can... Because <laughs> I think you know, I could have helped. You know, I can, like, shake you if you look like you're going off on one or something. <laughs> okay, um, if a demon cat appears... Yeah. Then maybe... I'm going to stay around and check that a demon cat doesn't appear. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I'm also... So going to just have a little glass of whiskey because everything feels crazy right now. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, go I will attune to the skull. Okay. <laughs> you kind of hold the skull in your hand and you sort of feel that same sort of sense of possible connection. You kind of will yourself closer to meet it. There's a sort of process as you slowly sort of feel around it in some way, and then there's a spark as you make connection. You feel just a rush. All sensations. Give roll me a charisma saving throw. Yeah, I will tides of chaos it. Yes. yes. <laughs> wow. Well, so, the world just does not want me to succeed on this. That's a ten. Yeah. No. Apparently not. So while you are attuned to this, you suffer a role playing effect. Oh God. <laughs> You are more given to indulging in pleasures, in whatever th- it's just sweets. For just scab. like in yes, in things that uh, uh, that physically or mentally engage you, than you might otherwise be. It's not that you have no restraint or willpower, but you are more inclined to take the option to satiate yourself than otherwise okay and I still have no real awareness that this is happening nope you're gonna get fat cool <laughs> you're gonna get so fat I rolled a one and a two with fucking advantage fucking hell man wow. fucking hell I'm pretty sure almost exactly the same thing happened last time it was pretty much that <laughs> low last time cause I have a plus eight to my wisdom to my charisma save bloody That's hell crazy. Fuck me, man. This is the dice set telling me this is what's interesting for the story. Yeah, yeah. Or clearly. Or just pure luck as that is what it is. That's all it is. Because these dice roll really well sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just luck. Okay, so... <laughs> I'm going to keep the, the dice eye in an inside <laughs> pocket of my waistcoat. I assume I have one because yes, Calcinia is amazing at pockets. You do. Yes. You keep it close to you <laughs> and you can just feel that constant connection. Yeah. Well, aren't you wearing the clothes that Fighty made you? He'd have surely given you an inside pocket. Yeah, and Fighty's yeah. waistcoat, I imagine there'd be a pocket. Yeah, there yeah. are pockets. Of course there are pockets. It's calcinium. <laughs> so, the pair of you return down... I will get my bowl out and make some chocolate. 
Uh, and yes, in the living room, everyone is sort of... The other three are lounging around on couches, eating biscuits, ham. I'm going to get a really Ooh, nice biscuits. bottle of wine. Have some wine. Yeah. Biscuits! Biscuits! Yes, biscuits. <laughs> Let's have all the biscuits. Okay. You settle down with a plate of biscuits, some wine... Uh, shall we? I'm going to assume that you are taking a long rest. God, yes. Yep. Yes. I have no proper dinner. I just eat biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. get a little bit tiddly and giggle in a corner about how weird I feel for most of the evening. <laughs> oh. There's a point where like, Leah helps herself to a little bit of the wine as well. Clara um, uh, is quite, uh, quietly has a few biscuits. And um, seems to be uh, just sort of looking around, lost in thought. After a while, uh, sort of, there's light conversation for a while, but eventually she seems to reach a decision, finishes her biscuit and says, So. This is, I'm just clarifying, Clara, Clara. is coming over. Cool, cool, yeah. cool, cool. Clara comes like... over, gave... Them quite similar voices, unfortunately. That's all right. Uh, <laughs> Clara uh, looks up. So, we, um, I'm pretty curious about that journal. Yeah. If, if uh, we're ready. Yeah. It's probably time, isn't it? Yeah. Fancy story time? I would love a bedtime story. I'm sure it's not going to be the most wholesome of bedtime stories, but it's still useful information nonetheless. That is the kind Celestia usually reads me. (laughs) I read you the best bedtime stories, darling. Come on. (laughs) Tests of loyalty and pits of despair. I didn't have good parents, okay? (laughs) I don't know any good bedtime stories. My parents were cunts. I'll try and see if I can remember some of the ones I usually tell you little cores. Yeah, maybe you should take over bedtime story duty. I'm not sure drow are any good at it. (laughs) Yeah. Cores makes a non committal shrug of the shoulders. All the drow stories about, you know, the stupid halfling potato farmers and how the the gnomes all lead you down the path to being sneaky and it's just it's just not not really what anyone should be hearing, to be honest, and I don't know any other ones. I mean, there was that one with the cave horrors that your that that your parents took you to see. Although what? I think that was the, the magic arrow. That was more of a play, though. It wasn't was it? still racist. I mean, what isn't in your? You know, t- there was this stupid, lazy halfling slave in it. It's pretty bad. <laughs> she doesn't sort of look sidelong. Like really? Everyone sucks where I come from. I don't know if I've impressed this upon you enough. I, I, I've been getting the vibe, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, the halfling playing him was, it, it, like, really good at the slapstick, but that's, no, still that terrible. That made it still worse. Terrible. That made it worse. Made, it made it worse. It did. Oh, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Not condoning it. But, yeah, hey, I'm apparently really good at reading now. Not that I couldn't read before, but, you know, comprehension might have improved a little bit. I've so, seen um, your handwriting. <laughs> I think the whiskey might be countering that. Shut up. <laughs> I've not had nearly enough whiskey. Almost enough wine, but not quite enough whiskey. So do we want to hear this no doubt horrifying excerpt from Michelle Devangelo's journal? Yeah. Are we ready? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna start reading it. 
interject where you will, by all means. Let's um, take our time and have a chat as we go along. Clara leans forward and listens toward, to these final I mean, excerpts. I, I flick through it for a while and go, he's doing paintings, he's having sex with somebody, he's doing a painting, he's painting somebody he had sex with. Okay, <laughs> this is taking ages, <laughs> la 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 la. Ah, right, okay, this looks interesting. <laughs> um, this last journal um, I read out. I may have made a terrible mistake. After Charles broke things off, I flew into a rage and slashed up my paintings of him, shattered the goblets he had gifted me, and even hurled his ring down a well, a matter I regret as I could have sold it to pay the rent this month. My rent money went to some degree on wine after that. My recollections grow blurry as to the details. I believe I first aimed to spend my time on the company of men who would allow me to forget Charles's rejection, then grew sick with want of vengeance. I know not who whispered to me the name of Fingersnap, a woman who had developed a reputation as a solver of unsolvable problems in her short time in town, or how to get to her. My recollections grow sharper upon visiting the cramped, dim shop she inhabited, still open to visitors in the dead of night. She seemed almost the picture of a kindly old grandmother at first. Hunched, yes, I know, scary, hunched, cragged, and worn by age. As if perhaps a little heavy on the, uh, if perhaps a little heavy on the warts, with skin as black as fresh coal, violet eyes, and gleaming ivory teeth, she had two younger women with her that she referred to as her daughters, though one must surely have been adopted, and the other one had been spared her mother's looks, though if she were their mother and not their grandmother, she had born late for a human. Okay, so she was super old and she had two apprentices. <laughs> I mean, this is all making sense. Well, yeah, that seems yeah. Uh, worryingly uh, prophetic, doesn't it? Yeah. The first, the younger, was a pale, wretched thing, ill-favoured in her looks and perhaps 13 years of age. Her hair was brittle and white, her skin as rough and struck with warts as her much older mother, and she seemed to flinch at the slightest touch, as if any contact with her skin brought terrible pain. Olga ripped all her skin off, didn't she? Yes. Yeah... Well, that that could work. That could be her. I mean, thirteen it, years old. Th- when did she rip her skin off? If she was thirteen, then. Clara Isn't it says, when you sort of reach adulthood, which varies. You need to do it before then. I mean, that part could have been done later, but you've got to, if you want to sacrifice your looks, you've got to do it before there's a chance of them fading. Right, okay. Ooh. Okay, let's go on to the next bit. The second had dark skin as her mother, deep brown rather than coal black, but in the prime of her life, perhaps 24, and one of the most beautiful creatures of the opposite sex I have ever seen. Compared to the warm, simple shawl of her mother and her sister's rags, her dress was fine cotton and in fashion for the region. She seemed to have a great disdain for her adoptive sister. Another hag daughter... Brown skin, not ugly. Scrimshaw? Anyone? Anyone with me? I'm thinking Sounds Scrimshaw. Like Scrimshaw. Okay, so Olga and Scrimshaw might have been a thing together. That's disturbing. Also, look at me understanding things. This is exciting. Intelligence. Ooh, good Leah, lord. Leah raises an eyebrow and munches on a biscuit appreciatively. <laughs> <laughs> so it's less In the way, it's reassuring. It means that there was one hag and two apprentices, not two hags and two apprentices. Very true. true. There's not another super old hag that we might be looking for. 
helpful. Also, we now know what finger snap looks like. Coal black skin, violet eyes. Like that. That's actually helpful if we try and look for more details about her. Okay, Isn't let's... she supposed to be dead, though? Yeah, true, but if people knew her, it might help if they didn't true. know the name. Yeah, and best not to trust that someone's dead. Yeah. I guess. Clara if looks that guy meaningfully in the room back over there. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, my defense, I didn't kill him. Nope. Well, that's deeply disturbing. Um, should we go on with the bedtime story, my darlings? Yes. Okay. So, um, next bit. Finger snap made me an offer I thought ridiculous at first. In my drunken state, I began to laugh at her proposition until she snapped her fingers, true to her name, and a thing of night terrors came upon me. A huge black dog, well, there it is, seemed to leap on me from the very shadows themselves and thrust me to the ground, snarling and slavering, its fangs a half inch from my throat. Only when she snapped her fingers again did it relent, and before my eyes it seemed to fade into wisps of smoke and shade. It was only then I realised I was dealing with some manner of powerful sorcerer. <laughs> I think you might have got that wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I mean, that's but, the dog, isn't it? That's where that came from. Yeah. Well, we know Scrimshaw got the dog then, but what did Olga get? Could it have been a, Could it have been a Storm's Eye? Possibly, if she had one. Or I guess any other number of things, you know? Yeah. Maybe, but, the, maybe the whaling sickness egg. I mean... Maybe... Finger snap caused all sorts of illnesses, didn't she? It could be anything. I mean, how long ago was this? She could have had literally centuries in order to uh, to get all of these things. I don't suppose the egg she made me swallow was an easy find. No. Nope. I think no, that was terrible. Uh... I still find it funny. Yeah, isn't that awful? <laughs> <laughs> you are the worst. I know! I think that might be Olga's thing, though. She's patient. She's got all the time in the world. Exactly. But not if we have anything to say about it. Anyway. Quite. On we go. Um, I'll carry on. She offered me a pact, and in my terrified, half-sober state, I was willing to listen. If I were to steal a set of scrolls for her from Charles's own quarters in the cathedral, marked with a peculiar symbol, a triangle within a square, within a circle, then she would grant me the power to wreak my vengeance upon Charles with but a touch. Triangle, a square, and a circle, was that? Um, a triangle within a square, within a circle. Does anyone recognise that? Uh, history checks or arcana? Ooh, arcana. I can do that. Either or. I'll do history. Because I can't do that, that's a one. Lesson. You never know. No, that's Beat a, a one. Um, my new intelligence <laughs> gave me nothing. <laughs> Fourteen. Okay. So, Corzin, you sort of think through and you remember it's oh, it's a weird one. You remember Norrit once talking about the time he tried to become an alchemist and apprenticed to someone who said they were obsessed they were trying to find or create the philosopher's stone. And they made and they drew a very similar sort of uh, uh, outline. And you remember him actually just drawing that in like beer suds on a bar top. Okay. Although bear in mind, this is a Norrit tale. Yeah. <laughs> I remember Norrit talking about the, uh, this sort of thing once. He was one of his harebrained schemes was he was going to be an alchemist, but um, he was talking about 
somebody trying to make a uh, thing they called the Philosopher's Stone, and he drew this sort of symbol, which was a, uh, a circle and a square and a triangle. Right. I mean, does the Philosopher's Stone mean anything to any of us? Uh, roll... I mean, I guess roll an arcana check. Cool. Um, 14 from me? You... You get a sort of mental image of seeing that symbol in a book somewhere. You know, you vaguely recall that, um, like, and it's, it's actually you recall things. Quite, you recall the moment quite clearly. You just weren't paying attention at the time, uh, and it was leafing through one of your earlier. It was it was a, a lecture with one of your earlier tu- uh, tutors before Leah. Um, and you were mostly just getting on to the next thing. But you remember seeing a glimpse of a page in a book talking about alchemists pursuing uh, something called the Philosopher's Stone. And it you vaguely re- you can kind of picture just in the moment before you closed it off the page saying the words gold, lead, eternal life. Mm. I was in a book. So that narrows it down. It said, God led <laughs> eternal life. Oh. Mm. There were other sentences, but you, but in that yeah. blurry moment you can recall. It was the tutor before you, Leah. When, um... Oh, that one? Yeah. Mm. She rolls her eyes. <laughs> Paid more attention then. <laughs> or at least well, I remember. I imagine if he... If Norrid found it, would have um, uh, would have known about it, but uh, does explain how uh, how long he lived. Wait, how long is your friend Norrid supposed to to have lived? He said, bear in mind, he said he was into his second century, um, which is not outrageous. I mean, third century, but... second century is normal for halflings because that would be over yeah. hundred. Mm-hmm. My darling, yeah. I just don't think that your drunken friend Norrit found the Philosopher's Stone somehow. No, 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 no. I wasn't implying. I was seeking to imply that it was just so causing riffing on the idea. Really of, well, he, he was quite old, but nah. Secret villain so for the campaign to found. Norrit's the big bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, as long no, as it's no. not Jeffrey. <laughs> okay. Uh, at this point, Leah shakes her head and goes, "I think." Okay, so maybe maybe or maybe not Norrit found the Philosopher's Norit Stone. Norrit didn't find the Philosopher's Stone, come on. I believe he did. I believe in Norrit. Shut up. I'm going to keep reading. <laughs> oh, and also the touching thing, it's clearly the stone virus, isn't it? Great. Um, so yeah. I'll carry on. Only in the haze of this morning do I recall accepting her bond and her weaving some manner of violet thread about my wrist in acceptance. Well, hag magic. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. The thread is gone, but it is almost as if I can still feel it there. I am tempted to simply forget the whole thing, but when I close my eyes, I can still feel the hot, wet breath of that hound, its pressure upon my chest. I fear I shall have no choice but to fulfil the bargain. After much... (laughs) I know. After much wringing of hands, I did it. I spent a day considering the matter. Well, wringing my hands in truth. Why is he so obsessed with wringing his hands? What is this man? (laughs) 
I made sure of a long visit to my ferocious barber, such a handsome chap and such strong hands on the massage. Well, that was something I didn't ask for. (laughs) 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 To pick me up and spent some time in the coffee shops that are becoming such a rage in Porto Sal's. But before long, I resolved myself to the task. After picking up my new doublet from my tailor, I made sure to properly perfume myself and presented myself in the very image of contrition, there to beg Charles to take me back. I rather think the scoundrel enjoyed dangling the possibility in front of me before he finally denied it. Still, I took the opportunity to slip into his study when we were interrupted by by a deacon? I don't know that word out of character. Deacon? Uh, deacons it's are... It's a religious... Yeah, lower-ranking yeah. religious... Uh, Clergyman. Cool. Ellie doesn't know that, but Celestia totally yes. will. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yes. Yeah. Um, I took the opportunity to slip into his study when we were interrupted by a deacon and was very nearly caught before I found the scroll case in question. They seem rather ancient affairs, and no wonder. Loans from the Regnal Library in Tyre, it would seem. I suppose I should be embarrassed for how much trouble Charles would get in over them going missing, but I truly do not care. I made sure to shake his hand on the way out as one last peace offering and was glad to see the end of him. I noticed no obvious change to Charles as I left. I returned to the shop, but no sign of finger snap. I was all set to leave when the younger of the two daughters, the pale and wretched one, emerged from the cellar along with some curious, acrid smells. She took possession of the scrolls from me and warned me not to return. I asked of her when this curse should take effect and whether I had anything to fear. She gave me a curious look and I swear the ugly thing almost seemed to be viewing me with pity the nerve of it. Then she smiled and assured me that I would see definite results within three days and that I would be quite immune to the curse's effect. She repeated her inst- she repeated her insistence that I take my leave and I was all too happy to do so. Um, this looks like a different day. There's a gap. Mm. By the regent, the most dreadful news from the cathedral, Charles was, dis- was discovered in his chambers turned to stone. I had not thought, no matter, it is done. Whatever regrets I may have, I can put this whole business behind me. Who would trace such a thing to me, after all? I'm only too glad I shall never see those women again. So, there's then another gap. So, He's not a nice man. He's he's horrible, isn't he? Generally, the sort of people who seek out hags to make bargains aren't nice people. Or they tend to be very, very distressed duplicitous at the, uh, at the very least hmm. I thought maybe he just had his heart broken or something but well, he possibly no he's did, an ass. he sounds like the <laughs> worst is this really a, um, an excuse <laughs> also as if he's shocked that something terrible has happened to this man that he put a fucking curse on he's a fucking idiot <sighs> anyway <sighs> shall I carry on yeah yeah Okay, there's a gap again. Maybe another day. Disaster. The wretched hag fingersnap has tricked me. Well, I'm shocked. (laughs) (laughs) Regent, no. I never saw that coming. Me neither. Oh, goodness. I thought thought she was completely honest. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair to the man, we did the same thing. Yeah, but... I only bargained for a... F- I just wanted a fucking scrying spell, okay? Yeah, we didn't want to hurt anyone. No, I didn't yeah, go turn did my bargain. lover to stone and then was surprised when it went bad. I just yeah. thought she was an old woman who could scry. 
(laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, maybe I think maybe I can scry now. So, uh, great. Bad person being taken advantage of by worse people. Shall we say that? Yeah. Sounds like it. So, not only Charles was turned to stone, but also my barber, my tailor, and three of the coffee shop owners in town. I fear it is only a matter of time before this strange curse claims me also. I must use what hours I have to seek out all all those I was with on that fateful day and track them down, to warn them or at least to witness them. Well, at least he feels bad. Like, yeah, that's a start. Yeah. I mean, you can be a bad person without being an absolute monster. True, there are levels of bad, aren't there? <laughs> Just as I think things cannot get worse, they do. Every person I touched on that day has become stone. Well, plot twist again. Even people I simply met and shook hands with. Or those I knew well. Even a flower girl I bought a rose from has become petrified. Worse still, I did not meet that girl or buy her flower until the day after I took I shook Charles's hand. Does the curse affect me even still? I must wear gloves and keep from other people. To think that I must sit alone in my studio and await the end. Opium. Opium will ease my passing. I can't blame him at this point, to be honest. Leah raises an eyebrow but doesn't say anything. Well, I wasn't... I wasn't condoning it. Just doing it yourself. Shut up. (laughs) I meant that, you know, turning everyone ever to stone forever is a pretty bad fate. Fair enough. Anyway, we'll carry on. (laughs) I yet live. It has been five days now, cloistered in my my studio, and I still have not touched any living soul in that time. It seems the wretched girl spoke true, though her truth was chosen carefully. I was indeed not affected by the curse itself, merely some carrier for this pale, hard death. Perhaps, if I am careful, I may pay someone to purchase food and drink for me without touching them. I can make preparations to leave. Again, there's a little gap here, like there's a couple of days gone past. (laughs) Oh, horror. Regent, what have I done? (laughs) He's not done well here. Dozens have now turned to stone. Scores. Yet many of these are in parts of the city I have never frequented. Furthermore, nearly all the staff of the cathedral have become stone now. I can only conclude that that this same curse I carry must be passed on to all those I inflict in turn. A cruel magical plague. I shall leave town tonight before it is too late. So it started off with everyone he touched, but then all those people touched people, and it was just like a stone, stone plague explosion thingy, really. Yeah, wow. it would seem. Mm. Much like these shadows. Yeah. Okay, it gets dull for a bit here. Got a few pages of him just, you know, living in living in a house on his own in the country, <laughs> painting things and being sad for a while, basically. <laughs> Um, which Leah I sa- think uh, Leah says no sex in those bits no he's not touching anyone because he's worried they'll turn to stone Leah she smirks a little <laughs> give me that look anyway um, Celestia flicks through for a bit going past a few passages oh, okay this bit looks interesting a shadow of my past has returned to me the milkmaid came to deliver my order this morning is she the shadow of the past <laughs> is the shadow of the past the milkmaid because that's what it Did sounds like. Did anyone else flinch at the word shadow? Or is that just me? <laughs> oh, that was just well, you, not... but now it's me as well. <laughs> yeah, now it's me too. I was wondering if uh, anyone stole away her cheese. <laughs> that probably <laughs> happened at some point. I mean, you know, milkmaids. 
Anyway, the milkmaid came to deliver my order this morning. I take care, as always, never to meet another living soul without gloves and a heavy scarf that offer them protection. And brought news as she came, so she brought news as well. A halfling community near the woods south of Treachery was struck by a terrible affliction of deathly wails, screaming as banshees before the sickness burnt itself out, killing almost every person there. Right. Oh, wow. The wailing sickness. Yeah. Well, we know where Olga learnt that, then. I mean, that could have been... be learning... That could have been younger Olga as well, for all we know. Either she learnt it from Fingersnap, or that was her, too. Or that was where she learned it, yeah. Yeah. Uh That's quite scary. (sighs) The gossip among halflings is that a survivor escaped, blaming themselves for the tragedy, claiming to have brought the plague upon their own town in vengeance upon a spurned lover. The milkmaid clearly believed the stranger mad from grief, but I pressed for details. The survivor is staying in a village not ten miles from my remote cottage. Their tale is too close to my own. I must know. I will set out at once. Right. Definitely another deal, then. It seems like uh, this finger snap uh, had a a specific um, type of person she went after. Specifically, spurned lovers. Yeah, maybe that was her thing. Who knows, maybe hags have things that they like. It's all super creepy. Anyway. um, Much has been written on the craziness of what love does to people. (laughs) Yeah. Leah I, looks away. I make very brief <laughs> eye contact with Leah and then look very quickly away from her. Anyway, um, there's a little gap and then there's a bit more. Berry Bimblebury's tale was everything I feared. She had heard of an old woman with powers in the woods and sought her out to avenge herself upon her lover. Heading deep into the woods, she had found an old woman with night black skin and a great hound. Finger snap. Fingersnap had offered her the revenge she sought in the form of a blue egg to be broken near her spurned lover. In exchange, she demanded Barry bring her something. A corpse, washed up on a remote beach on the eastern coast of Seoul, to be found within a week and brought back as intact as she found it. Barry had borrowed a team of dogs and ridden hard, finding the secluded cove she was given directions to. Within, she found the half-eaten corpse of an elf, missing its legs and one arm, but with a bloated, if somewhat intact, upper body. It's it's really grim. Why would you want a bloated, drowned corpse? To reanimate? Yeah, I suppose, but... If it's that much of a mess, would it even work? Or possibly to harvest for something. But if, if it's just an elf... Well... There's some forms of magic, aren't there, that uh, specifically call for bits of animals. What about if uh, they wanted bits of specific races of people? Maybe. Or maybe it wasn't an elf. We've seen someone lose all his limbs and then come back better. Yeah. You have a very strong point there, my darling. Leah looks a little confused. Another time. (laughs) Okay. I don't know how to explain that right now. Another time. It's a lot. It's not something we don't want to tell you. It'll just take ages. So yeah, I maybe, understand. Maybe later. Another time. Yeah. Um. Okay. She retrieved the body and purchased a vat of vinegar. 
into which she pickled the corpse, then returned to finger snap with the body. Ugh, this is really disgusting. Of course, once she returned, she discovered that not only her lover, but her whole village had been struck by this wailing sickness. While one of Fingersnap's daughters, the handsome one, retrieved the corpse and mocked her by pointing out that she had received exactly what she had asked for. Everything else was simply a bargain. Uh, that yeah. sounds like uh, Lex Grimshaw and no mistake. You know, I fucking hate hags. I'm just going to throw that out there. The feeling's mutual. No offence, Clara. Clara, please don't become a proper hag. You're so much better than this. <laughs> Fucking hell. Anyway. She just stares at the journal. It seems that Barry has emerged from her own bargain with Fingersnap less cursed than I, for she is no carrier of the sickness herself. I made a gift to her of several hundred crowns, a healthy portion of my remaining savings, since she may at least make use of it in cities and in a manner I might not. She bade me farewell thinking upon a new life far away from this, perhaps taking up toy-making. Ah. That's sweet. At least she got somewhere, I suppose. Okay. Mm. Again, um... Is it a common name? Would cause a no if it is a common name. It's like, you know, Bimblebury is a is a clan name. Most halflings called Bimblebury are likely to be I related. I mean, out of character, I wasn't there, which is why I'm not saying it in character, yeah. but Again, the toy maker the was same. Bimblebury. I wasn't. No, you, you were, were there. Big. It was when you bought cores and toys. The toy maker was called Bimble Bimblebury. Oh, okay, sorry. I was thinking of yeah. um, the, uh, when Scamp was going to that, that person. Okay. No, 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 in no, which no. case... Yeah. Just okay. A stupid voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That doesn't narrow it down. No, not at all. Bimbleberry. Oh, Regent, damn it. What? I think I might have bought uh, little Corson uh, some toys off somebody called Bimbleberry. I mean, this is hundreds of years later, darling. I know, but. How long do halflings live? Usually, I mean, uh, says, anywhere over 200 is abnormal, but like, you know, late hundreds is, 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 is fairly common. Well, fair enough. Could it be the same one? Oh, if it isn't, it's possibly the, one of their descendants. The Bimblebree you met was definitely uh, an Very elderly old. male. Also, they were called Bimble Bimblebree. Ah. It wasn't the yeah. same name. Ah. I remember it. The voice was really stupid. I remember it. <laughs> 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 but they, yes, conceivably they could be a descendant. You think about yeah, it. maybe descendants. It, I mean, it's a family business. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, Regent, damn it. There's another little gap and then there's more. Um, I found it. Southwest of Treachery, deep in the woods. There are a few landmarks to point the way. Due west from a rock with a scowling face. South-southwest from the tree shaped like a grasping hand. Straight on from the pit until you reach the cottage. The cottage itself is a mask for her real lair dug into some ancient foundations from an earlier time. A dim and wretched dungeon. Well, that's where we need to be. That's that's the place, isn't it? Yes. Could Corzin use his um, 
navigators tools in order to try and uh, plot where this is and how to get there? Once you have a map, yes. Yeah, like, and right, I mean okay. we need to be there for those landmarks. That's not a thing that you'd find yeah. on a map. That's just but, landmarks. Like, you know, you know no, to head like, names. You know where treachery is. Yeah. Yeah. Like you know how to get there. Yeah. Well, there's our answer. That's the lair, isn't it? That's that's great. Seems to be right. Anything right. else? Um, yeah, there's there's another another page about. I crept into the lair, hiding from the creatures within, fearful that that great hound would find me again. By Regent's grace, they did not hear me enter. I came even into their inner sanctum, where those three were gathered around a poor and pitiful form. The wretched girl was older now, no more favoured of look than before, but standing taller and no longer flinching as she once did. The handsome one was showing the telltale signs of one who has changed from using makeup to accentuate their youth to one who seeks to use it to cover the first signs of age. A bit fucking judgmental, isn't it? Shut up. Anyway. He's an arse. I think uh, we can all agree. Leo, point, Leo agrees. That, that man is an arse. What a twat. I yeah. hate him. Oh. I know, right? I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not sure I can wish turning everyone you ever know to stone on anyone, but still, he's a dick. Oh, Ugh. yeah. Yeah. Like, he spends a lot of time talking about how these women look. It's just weird and ugh, pervy. Yeah. I hate it. Anyway, no. um, unlike the rough garments of the younger woman, the handsome one still wore finery, bizarre as it seemed in this ill locale. Fingersnap herself seemed the same, coal-skinned and violet-eyed, neither a day older nor younger than before. Now, however, she, so- she stood tall rather than hunching. I saw that her weakness of before was but a feint. What had once been the ki- what had once been the kindly eyes of a grandmother were twisted by a cruel glee. Her viciousness and lack of restraint now etched into every feature. Now you see that is interesting. Huh? Go on. Well, he said that before he could have mistaken her for a kindly grandmother, whereas now she was stood up and she had a cruel glee about her. That's how I'd describe Olga. Yeah. A cruel glee, that's exactly the words that I would use to describe Olga. I wonder if there's something that gives you power, but also, you know, takes away your your humanity, makes you makes you evil. Well, that I she could have given before. Olga, because, like you were saying, Scamp, like, Scrimshaw inherited the dog. What did Olga inherit? True, I, I mean, I had wondered, even uh, back in... Uh, back in Meadmere, if it was the very act of making deals with people that gave Olga her her power. Clara's... Whatever power she has is granted her. Clara sort of takes a moment, then looks up and says, Well, according to you, Celestia, power itself is enough to do that. It can be if you have bad people around you. I stand by that. But the thing Mm. is... He said that he noticed a literal change within Fingersnap. She looked different. That was the point that I was making. Maybe she was just a very accomplished liar. Maybe. True. Or possibly it's... It was something that was specific to the type of deals that she made. She wanted to make deals that would ultimately benefit her. That seems to be the um, uh, the through line of every single uh, hag deal we've ever been privy to. Ultimately, it always benefits the hag more than it does anybody else. Oh, we know that. Well, yeah, definitely. but my point being, 
My point being is that maybe that is specifically what Fingersnap was after. She was making deals in order to uh, give herself more power and more agency over whatever she was doing. You know, I never thought it actually specifically gave Olga more power. I thought she just loved it. Well, probably that as well, but, you know, we're, we're talking about Olga versus... I don't think she gets more powerful with the deal, I think. I think Olga knows what she wants, and what she wants is to feel powerful and to make people suffer. Yeah. And I think that might be enough to drive someone to do those things. Yeah. If Fingersnap was going after jilted lovers, then perhaps that's indicative of something that happened to her in her own past. Maybe. Doesn't... Don't you have to start really young, though? Really, really young. Very true. Like, really... Like, that would be gross young. Yeah, but maybe it not. It not necessarily have to be her. Exactly. What if it was close to her? Her parents. Um, yeah, her yeah, mother, maybe. her a sister, a, a brother... I'm running out of relations. A father, a an uncle. Uncle seems a bit far fetched. Possibly, I don't know, but <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she was really close to her uncle or some shit. <laughs> Why are we talking about this? <laughs> the point is that maybe that's a thing. That's maybe, maybe it's a thing. So maybe if yeah. we work out Olga's thing, I, that's, I suppose. Yeah. Clara, I suppose my point before was, you, you put it very well just then, what Olga wants is to feel powerful and to make people suffer. You already want to feel powerful enough that you're willing to do all sorts of horrible stuff and it's only a matter before you, only a matter of time before you get the other one as well. I wasn't trying to be cruel. I just... We'll talk about Olga this is a sadist. Yeah. yeah. Um, Olga is a sadist. You're not that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about this another time, but I, I just yeah. wanted you to know I wasn't being unnecessarily mean, that's all. So, she turned evil, finger snap turned evil, or at least she looked evil. After that, we have another paragraph. Between them, upon a great stone slab, was a pale-skinned elf chained to the stone by his one intact limb. Ah, well, that's the man Ugh. off the beach, isn't it? That's grim. Yeah. He showed signs of torture and alternated between sobs of despair and incoherent rage at his captors. He was alive? Apparently so. After being pickled in vinegar, that's some powerful shit. He was dead. He was definitely dead when they found him, wasn't it? Yeah, that's scary. Well, we know there's magic that can bring people back. Yeah. True, but that's very powerful magic. Yeah. Fingersnap and her daughters seemed to be engaged in an interrogation. Though I caught little of what they said and none of what came before I arrived... It seemed she wanted to find something, something he had knowledge of. Her promises of death seemed not to affect the elf, until she swore that she would burn and grind his body until it was ash, then mix the ash with clay and bury it in the ground, upon which he shook with mortal terror. Even so, he seemed unwilling to reveal whatever he knew. Next she informed him that his body would never be healed, never be repaired, she swore she had ways to ensure his limbs would stay gone. Then she held up a black bag and offered him a bargain. He seemed to recognise the bag and at once became disgusted and horrified, but strangely hopeful. This is all getting a bit weird. 
Yeah. It sounds like he didn't think he could die properly. That, that she... does sound like some people we've met. It does. Or come this, across. This is familiar. It sounds like she knew and she threatened him with actual proper death. Yeah. Yeah. Black bag. Okay, there's more. Before I could discover more, I was myself discovered. The youngest gagged the elf, and all three of these creatures rounded upon me. I was set to run when that chilling growl came from behind me, and I knew that hound's teeth were but were but inches from my throat. I could feel its breath upon my neck. They offered me a new bargain, to keep my life. I had come to ask them to bring the curse upon me to an end. They agreed to do such if I did something for them. I will not write of that here, for it disgusts me and I have no intention of carrying it through. I would have let them kill me if I did not believe I needed to make it known to others what I know. I swore also that I would never speak of what I saw to another soul, so I have not. I have written it here instead. If any discover my writings once I am gone, know the truth of Fingersnap and her daughters. His writing gets unsteady here. It's um, it's all scribbly, like his hands shaking. Pain. Terrible pain such that it is hard to write. Once I wrote intended to break the contract it began. Once I wrote intended to break the contract it began. Of course. It will... It will last the re- it will last the rest of my life. Opium, my old friend, take me to sleep, one last time. Aww. Wow. Clara stares hollowly into the middle distance. Does that sound like a curse that could happen if you broke a deal? Certainly That's does to me. Practically the default one. Lots of pain. She nods. There's other ones you can invoke, but that's the most reliable. And it just carries on until you do it? Does it get worse? Until you stop breaking the contract. Or you get another hag to lift it. Right. As far as I know, only another hag can get you out of an existing hag bargain. Okay. That does make me very, very concerned about what we have in this jar here. And before you ask, I don't... In theory I could, but I don't know the rights needed to break the binding on you. I would never have asked. I did think about it for a second, it crossed my mind. It's something Olga would know how to do, but I just don't... I haven't learned... I don't know that. I wouldn't get you involved like that. It's not your fault. What the One deal that I can. made? It's not yeah. something you did. One thing you can tell us, though, is if Olger were dead, would the terms? Well, would the uh, the deal be erased by that? Well, if she's dead, she can't ask me a favor. Well, quite. 
but even if Unless it's... Unless there's a way for her to ask you a favour from beyond the grave. Mm. Which there definitely is. What? I've got a spell that can make a message come through on the trigger of something. A death seems like a pretty good trigger. Alright. That's something to bear in mind, but it would seem that if the uh, the individual who was making the deal is dead, then unless that the the terms of the deal were specifically um, uh, dependent on the person being alive, it it's null and void at that point. I hope so. If the terms of a deal can't be enacted, then yes, the deal becomes void. Uh, we have to keep right, so... to our side of a bargain, or it depends on how it's been set up. Either the punish, if we, it's not that we don't get, we don't, if you word them properly, we don't suffer backlash if we break a deal, but our, but the curse upon the other person also won't come into effect. It's just void, basically. It's, it just becomes voided. So anything that we've sworn our word to as part of a bargain, we have to keep to in order for that to work. It's why you put in get-out clauses. Makes sense. It's already scary. Mm-hmm. All right, Clara. It, given what you have uh, experienced with Olga, is there any light you could shed on what it is they were trying to do with this poor elf? It's... I don't know, but I know that Olga's been looking for something. Right. I suspect maybe it has. it relates to this... You said it was a philosopher's stone. Hmm. That seems to be the closest thing we have that, to a connection. Uh, she's with already, now. she's already not going to die of old age. So, uh, I, I know gold. Maybe. But I mean, this elf could come back if you killed him. By the sounds of things, maybe that's what it does. Eternal life. I suppose. Hmm. I don't know, but maybe Finger Snap's old lair might have more clues. Yeah, I we can hope find so. it now. So, I think that's got to be the next place we're going to. Uh, Finger Snap's lair. Yeah. Then I'll assault to get this jar to Scrimshaw. Yeah, I mean, actually, also uh, looking at uh, Corson, you were saying about getting to to treachery. Uh, yeah. For you, the easiest way to get to treachery is actually to dock at Dulay head to Alessant to cross over the bridge and then essentially just ride across country straight to treachery. Okay. okay, so it's, yeah. it's worth well, that... going through Alessant. Yeah. I would relay this, yeah. Okay, Alessant first. I mean, that's that's nice. Then at least I'm one deal less. Yeah. yeah. This is actually a point. Um, as you take out the, uh, the jar to look at it, there is a brass plaque. You didn't have time to read it before, and in the haste of putting things away yeah. and everything else, you hadn't really gotten a chance to read the inscription. It's 
in Tyrian Elvish, which you are able to read, uh, Celestia, because it's basically yeah, the set, similar to well. and it's similar to Drow El- Elvish, and you and you've been trained in it. Uh, it reads a fragment of the doppelganger. No, <laughs> no, thank you. Oh, Regent, no, we can't hand this over. Um, yes, we can. You're giving a hag the ability to to appear as anybody they choose. Yep. Fuck all else to do, though. Not unless you want to... Not unless you want to ask Olga to, take, to get you out of the bargain. Nope. Scrimshaw can already go invisible. Fuck it. Frankly. Well. Well, says Leah. Before we do any of that, it seems to me we've got to figure out how to get half a thousand people onto a boat. Yep. I've got yeah, this really spell. Wanna... I think I can make the wind work for us. That's one step. That's amazing. I found yeah. it in a book. And to be honest, I looked at it and I think I can do it anyway. That's fucking brilliant, my darling. That's but we're probably... so good. Yeah. But Briggs won't want to bring the ship in unless we can make it safe enough. So we've got to get rid I... of a fuckload of Soargan. And, well, maybe if we can make contact with Apple Blossom, if he's still alive, then he's going to be the uh, ideal person to help us in this situation. Yeah. yeah. All right. I guess that's uh, once we've uh, finished up with our biscuits. Had a bit. Of, uh, can uh, I have some more biscuits, please? Oh, sure. She passes yeah, you over it. the plate. Thank you for saying yes. I was going to eat them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I guess uh, once we've had a bit of a rest, we'll head out for there. Yep. Yeah. All right. And as you stuff your face with biscuits and mull upon the revelations that have come to pass, we will draw things to a close for this time and pick up. Oh, by this point in likely the very early morning of the fourth of full circle next time so farewell from all of us here at Flintlocks and Fireballs fair seas and natural twenties when copper melts from fire red you might learn you're already dead strangled drowned before the start and washed up from the ocean's heart so gather your muskets, gather your spears, we'll plunder the shores of Calcineer. No kraken storm or spell we fear, so come and sail with us, my dear.